Welcome to Dual Win Games Episode 11. Today on Table Talk, we discuss all things expansions. We review Teotihuacan and Concordia, and we go over our top 10 expansions. We are your hosts, Ryan Gast, Tim Stearns. So, we are missing someone today. Yep, we're missing Aaron. He's on vacation this week, so he vacation. will not be with us, unfortunately. Yeah, he needed a break from us. We're too draining on him. So all you Aaron fans, you can tune out. It's the Ryan and Tim show. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we teased it with your brother. Mm-hmm. When we kept saying, oh, you know, maybe we'll, you know, we couldn't do it by ourselves. We'll see if we can. We'll see if we can, yeah. I doubt we can. <laughs> it's not looking good so far. No, it's not. We've uh, we've already gone off the rails, so. <laughs> I guess let's straighten it up. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to start doing things a little bit differently a lot of times at the end of our top tens, we would go over recent plays, uh, you know, different different things like that, different news items. So what we're going to do is after our introduction, we're going to go over news items, recent plays, stuff like that. We'll go into our table talk and then just have a great episode after that. We'll slap out our reviews in the top ten and then uh, that's all she wrote. Yep. So I guess uh, what, uh, you got any news items you want to? Discuss um, recent plays. I mean, as far as news goes, I've been checking out the Origins preview, like mm-hmm. what's going to be available for purchase or demo. But I don't want to really talk too much about that because our next episode is going to be our Origins preview. Right. You don't want to spoil so, anything. Exactly. That so, that list has slowly been growing. When I first looked at it, it was like 120. I think earlier today it was over 170 something. Yeah, it's getting close to 200. Yeah. So as it's getting closer to the convention, then those publishers will know what games they're going to have available and stuff, so they'll be adding more stuff yeah. onto it. So, so yeah, I mean that's that's most of the news as far as I've been keeping track of. So I do have one I wanted to bring up, and it's I don't know I don't want to call it a well it's a sad story, but it was uh, it started with uh, there was a game that came out on Kickstarter. I don't know if you heard this, and I didn't bring it up to you. But it came out on Kickstarter. It was called, uh, it was like the Game of Thrones card game. About the guy, and then he ended up beating his kids or whatever. Yeah, so he actually got arrested. Yeah, from Twitch, because he's twitching. And yeah, or his wife was, or something like that. He was twitching video games, and then people heard him, what's them screaming at their kids, and then what heard like, sounded like them beating on him or whatever. Yeah, because I actually found a, a link to the, like, I think it was like New York Post or something like that. They actually okay. had an article on it. And they actually credited, the police basically said that they, this was the first time they've ever seen it where a social media was able to report this guy because they had no idea that this child abuse and this kind of shit was going on so they started getting complaints from people after seeing the video mm-hmm. and they went and investigated it and they arrested him and his wife and then it was something where he was blaming people of being jealous of his success because he was going to come out with that game of thrones game that was just BS. so that's why he's a shitty person and beating his kids i don't know it's yeah. it's it's not a good story but props to the people that reported it reported and, yeah. it and you know i just and hopefully for the kids sake the parents they get taken away from their parents yeah it just just a sad story all around but uh sorry to start off on a downer 
you hear about like uh all the shit the guy did with the Kickstarter though? I did. So I first saw it on Twitter. Okay. I can't remember who it was, but somebody shared it and they were like, Can you believe this shit? So I clicked on it and I went through and it was like Oh, you get um signed cards by It's like <laughs> Yeah, he said he talked to all the actors and said that they signed it. Yep. And then yep. they got and then people were like backing him just so they could like rip on the guy and ask him stupid questions and he was making up like just crappy rewards and this and that I guess. And yeah, then, it uh, was He like near the end he changed the Kickstarter who like created it to some some made up name and then he started like three different ones and they kept getting cancelled, but he kept like starting new <laughs> Kickstarters and Jesus. It was just yeah, it's I guess otherwise, I... I'm getting excited for Origins. It's about three weeks away. Three I am, and a half weeks. I'm also uh, excited. Yeah, I've been waiting since it ended last year, so... Yeah. You know, and it's... I was going to bring up, because usually your brother's the fill-in, but instead he decided to go to Columbus three weeks early. <laughs> Concert. For, n- for not a like game that. convention. Yeah. What a fool. Anyways, uh, so I guess as far as other news, I don't really have much, but I did play a new game. What did you play? I played The Expanse, the board game. So going into it, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I kept hearing it being referred to as like a up to a four-player Twilight struggle, and I didn't feel that. Not in the cards or anything? Not really, because, I mean, one of the best things about Twilight Struggle is that you have your hand of cards, mm-hmm. and you play your cards out of your hand. This one, you have a card row, so on your turn, you get to buy one of the cards on the card row. And if you buy a card for the ops points, so the, that's where it like ties in. It has ops points, okay, and then each card has, it has banners on the card. Showing, like, okay... Which factions can use it or something? Yeah. So if I buy a card that doesn't have my banner on it, or if it has somebody else's banner on it, and I use the op points, they have the option to use that card. Then do they probably have to spend something no. to use the card? They just can if it if yeah. you use it for the ops? Yep, so they if I take a the ops, bit. then... I mean, I didn't play it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the ops points, yes. But other than that, I didn't feel it that much. Not as tense or anything? Not really, because you you have the whole board, and the only hidden information, I guess, is that when, when the scoring cards come up and somebody takes it, they get to decide who gets the scoring bonus for that round. So there's like three rings. There's like Earth and Mars, and there's like the asteroid belt. Because you're playing different... Are you playing different factions, like yeah. from Earth, or just different planets? Uh, the galaxy, like different well, races. So I was Mars. Marv, I believe, was Earth. And Michael played, like, the Outer Ring. I don't know if he was, like, pirates or something or what, okay. but it wasn't... Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, really. But... So the board's open to everything. You got to move your ships around the board to be able to place your influence on the different planets or the different regions. So it's like a area control. Yep, little area control. 
there's not really the, the only time we were able to battle was through event cards and mainly your ops points were spent for moving your unit or your ships and then placing influence that was kind of the biggest thing and honestly I did not care for the art that much it was kind of it was screenshots from the show I've heard that the art and the components and the rule book are all kind of meh yeah that's what I've heard at least I, I didn't see the rule book yeah but you know the art components yeah meh like it's whiz kids so it's not a big shock yeah uh, but gameplay, I, I liked it quite a bit. I wasn't, you know, super head over heels about it, but I wasn't sure what to expect, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. Well, you kind of had your eye on this. I kind of did too for a while, so it wasn't like you're expecting this to be bad or anything. right. Yeah, yeah, it, it is one that when I heard it came out, I was interested. I've I've been interested in the show. Obviously, space theme is my I love the space theme, so that helps. Yeah, but I know, it, but I know it wasn't. Marv, Marv is a big space guy too. That's probably his favorite theme. Yeah, it it wasn't a deal breaker by any by any stretch. But yeah, I I thought it was really good. I I ended up picking it because we split the group. So I think you picked your carry on. And then Marv picked the Expanse, and it's been one of my wanting to play. So I, I went with that, and yeah, I, I thought it was good. He was really trying to talk it down. It was really bizarre beforehand. <laughs> well, he, I know he only played a two-player. Yeah. And he probably doesn't want to get you guys all excited, and then it just ends up it's a stinker or something. And on Michael's take on it, he said he liked it. He said after a few plays, he said it might get repetitive or samey for him. Okay. But he didn't... He said it was fun, and he did enjoy it, though. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't know how I'd feel about the... the sameness or repetitiveness, maybe. Uh, it... Obviously, I only played it once, and we only played with three factions, so I don't know what the fourth faction would do. It sounds mildly interesting. By your description, I have absolutely no clue what's going on, really. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't expect you to. Uh, but yeah, that was... Um, I'm almost more confused now than what I knew before really? that. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would definitely say try it. I'll try it, but before... if there's something I already know I like, I'm probably not going to try it. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and, and I, would... I mean, I'm not like against trying it because I wanted to try it out, but... I'm at the point where if I play a new game, I want it to be... Generally, I want it to be something that I think I might really like, usually. Okay. If I have the option between different games. Yeah. Is that with any game, or is that just with The Expanse? Most games. Not any game, but... Like, I'd like to try it, but... I think I'd just find it okay. Okay. But I haven't played it. I've just, like, looked into it and stuff like that. Alright. Mildly. Well, that was my new play. Did you play anything new? Um, yeah, I played a few new ones. Uh, I think you're in on this one, too. I think this was new for you, Tim. We played uh, A Feast for Odin. That was, yeah. And I really liked it. I thought I would, and I was not disappointed at all. Um, so you're basically Vikings, and you're going around 
pillaging, sailing, all sorts of different things. Just doing Viking stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, just think of Viking things. You're doing that. Uh, it's worker placement game with a bunch of different action spots, something like 60 or so spots, but it's not as overwhelming as you think because basically where there's one action spot, there's five variations of almost the same type of action, typically. I mean, you might yeah. have to end up throw another Viking in there, and it's almost the same thing. You might have to spend a little more, a little different resource, but it does like the same type of action, basically. So you're never really blocked out of anything and there it's basically four or five actions of the same ones it's not like 60 totally different actions there's a lot right. of them that are real similar to each other that that was one thing i like because yeah looking at the board it was overwhelming but when you break it down in the rows you know the first row you place one viking and then the second row you get just a little better benefit but you place two vikings mm-hmm. and then so on down the line so if you actually place is it four Vikings in the last one? Yeah, four or five is the last one with the I highest amount. I think it was amount. four, and then you get to draw a... Yeah, you can play a card with one of them, draw a card with a different one. Yeah. On the th- three or four last two spots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed almost all of the game elements. Um, I think there's a lot of different strategies, and after it I'm playing, I was thinking, like, man, I'd like to try all, all sorts of different combinations of things or going hard for a couple things or splitting it up a little bit. I think that'd be really fun. I'll just list like the things that weren't real big negatives, but just minor negatives for me is like, as far as interaction goes, there isn't really any. I can, take, I it to, it. I can take it or leave that in games, but there wasn't any in the worker, there wasn't any tension in like the worker spots because oh, he took the two worker spot of that action, I can just do the one, three, or four. Yeah. Or it's, there's no, there's no real tension or you don't have to like, oh, I need to go there first because if I don't go there, I'm going to be blocked out of that. Yeah. The Tetris element of placing your stuff on your player board, so you're basically trying to cover spots so you don't get negative points because there's a lot of negative points on there. You're trying to cover them with tiles, so that cancels that out. That was okay, but I thought I would like it more than what I did. Minor things that I didn't like, so there's nothing that really bothered me about it. I really enjoyed it. I look forward to playing it again multiple times and just going after longhouses or going after the different islands, just all sorts of different... Because that that was one thing I didn't... Because I was trying to focus on learning the game, for Mm -hmm. one, uh, but then also just trying to figure out you know, how the basic mechanics work and how I can fill up my own personal board mm. that I didn't really venture out and try to grab any of those long huts or different islands. So that would be, you know, an interesting strategy to try to figure out. It's more avenues to kind of travel down. To. Yeah, I think I went with more of a very easy one for a first play. It was getting yeah all the boats, upgrading them, and then they helped me feed as well, where it's that was real easy to do. And I think these other ones would be better, but just being more familiar with the game, right? At the game, yeah. I I was mainly going for like uh, like a sheep farmer, so to speak. I had I got sheep early on, and I kept breeding them, mm-hmm. and then yep. a little yep. later, I was doing the cattle too. So I know Aaron. It was you and Aaron. I know Aaron because I kind of asked him what he thought after the game or the next day or whatever, and he said he thought it was okay. 
he was got pretty frustrated a few times and I'm not sure why. I know one time he went out pillaging or fishing or something and he oh, had like a he, bad die roll. Yeah, he couldn't uh he said I don't know what it I exactly think it was the whaling. Exactly was what else he didn't like about it. Cause he, he, I was like pumped up talking about it, and he was just kind of like, eh. So, so that that is one thing to mention that there is the dice rolling element on a few action spaces. When you pillage, when you go hunting or you whale, uh, anything like that. But the it, I don't think it took away from the the game as far as randomness because. You basically roll a dice three times, or you can you can roll it up to three times, and at any point you can stop. So you're basically trying mm-hmm. to, you know, get a certain die result. But you know, if you don't like your first one, roll again. So there was things you could do to mitigate that die roll that I yeah. liked. I always like a little bit of randomness in my games, and that it had just a little bit of it. Where, like you said, you get to roll the dice three times. You can stop when you want. So if yeah. you're stopping on a three, you're just pushing your luck. If you know you can satisfy the requirement of resources or whatever you're going to spend to meet the die roll. So yeah, I think it's a really good game. And I think the iconography is a little wonky. I mean, it's like that in any game. Once you get used to it, it gets better. Where this one, you you know 75 to 80% of what everything does, but it's like... What exactly does this spot yeah. do? What exactly does that mean or do? Yeah, you know pretty much what it does, but you're kind of like, what does it do now? For sure. Yeah, and really, you know, with more plays, yeah, definitely. it'll, you know, to me, it, I think it's almost, I hope I'm not talking too soon, but it's, you know, one of those evergreen games. You know, the more you play it, the better and better it gets because you learn that iconography, you know different strategies. Yeah, and I think there's so many strategies that you can try and employ that I really like that in games and it's got that medium heavy type weight where it's like a game that's right up my alley yeah so. and you know it, it took me so long you know I, I thought the rule book was pretty good I read through it but I just felt so intimidated by the game itself for almost no reason I just, can't really say anything because I haven't even played Caverna I've I, had that for over two years so yeah <laughs> So it was it was one of those things, but you know, once you get into it and you start playing, yeah, it's, it's not, not as it was not as heavy no. as I expected it to be. Now, if you are used to playing medium weight games, you'll be fine with this one. Yeah. So yeah, that's I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to playing that one again. And you got something else that you? One that I recently played, and I, I think it was I think it was my third play now, and we played it after the Expanse. And that was Marco Polo, or the Journeys of Marco Polo. That's one of your that's one of your old favorites, right? <laughs> yeah, you know it. The, Voyages of Marco Polo. What's okay? Yep. So yeah. Anyways, so I my first play I didn't care for it. Second play I didn't care for it. Third play I'm still in that boat. <laughs> still not caring for it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think what it is because I find the movement is just so expensive it just it threw it off for me because if it almost felt like i could sit in one spot it's very hard to move so the two things i like most about the game are the player power is obviously because they're just everyone's ridiculously incredible power and then the traveling is very tough to do but if you want to be decent or better at the game you have to travel 
if everyone's not very good at the game, you can just win by doing contracts and sitting there. Mm-hmm. But if you play in a competent opponent, they're going to be able to travel and do those city bonuses or get those combo, those cities, city actions together and just mop the floor with everyone else. Yeah, maybe that was part of it because I, I always felt that, and I, I remember feeling uh, thinking about it the first two times I've played as well, that I could sit in one spot and just fulfill contracts and still be competitive. Yeah, you can be and feel competitive, but if you're playing against, I think someone that's competent, you won't like, you won't ever win. Okay, unless they just biff up. It it could be, and I haven't seen that yet, and I don't know if I want to. It it wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't terrible, but it was just on my turn. I place my dice mm-hmm. on a certain action, and I take that action. And that was it. My player power was that I didn't have to pay when I placed on top of other dice. Okay, yep. So that was helpful, but I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really enjoy it. It was very okay. I really enjoy the game. Granted, I did move in the game. I don't... Did anyone place all their buildings out, or...? No. Okay. Uh, Michael and Marv both had quite a few out. I had a handful. I was able to complete one of my route or connect two of my cities because you get those cards in the beginning. So yep. I was able to do one of them. And, you know, I because I felt like the moving was too hard or too yeah. not, it, it not worth it. It definitely isn't easy because it's expensive Yeah, like, so all the way around. So I made a point to do that in this game. Was to move, and I started right. moving. It's like the books in Mobasa, <laughs> just about. And I started moving. I collect. I did one city, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's going to score me seven points, but I can fill this contract that's worth nine points. So what am I doing?" Yeah, you gotta. You can't. You gotta move. Like if you want to do a moving strategy, you have to move with the action, but you also have to get the contracts that help you move, or the city stuff that helps you move, or characters that are help you move better you mm. you don't just go to the action space yeah but yeah i've played it 30 40 times so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that that's kind of a good point though it's kind of like the book track in mombasa for me well you don't like it you kept going for it and trying it i kept i kept trying to make that make one it aspect work or yeah. see what i'm missing about it and i just realized that i just still don't like it but no if i played that game and i I like never tried to travel. I'd find it boring too. That's why I I do the traveling a lot. Is because it's the hardest part of the game, and I enjoy that challenge. Yeah, it's satisfying when I complete it. So, but yeah, I didn't expect you to like it because I know you played a couple times and you weren't really enjoying it. So that's not a surprise. Um, a new one that I had played was Root, and I think you had played that once before. Yeah, that was my second play of it. And I think it was you, me, we had Hamhead, and Aaron was in on that one as well. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of hype around this game. It's winning a lot of awards. Did it live up to that hype for you? Not one bit for me. <laughs> not not, not one bit? No. no I, I don't hate the game, I'll put it that way, but I didn't okay. enjoy my play at all. So you were playing the Marquita Cats, right? Yep, I was playing the Kitty Cats. Okay. 
do you think that was part of it because you start all over the board? So all you're doing is kind of defending and trying to build up your infrastructure, uh, really. I don't know. I just didn't find a lot of the s- actions that I'd take very interesting. I'm just rallying up or recruiting my troops, uh, building my little buildings. I'm just spending wood. Like I know this sounds like, oh, it's like your other typical Euros where you're just... But it just... I didn't feel... Like I was accomplishing anything, or I just—it wasn't like interesting or exciting doing any of this stuff for me. I okay. Don't know. Um, yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. Like I'm all over the board at the start, where I'm obviously going to get taken out on spots because people need to spread out and move right. around, which I get that, so that's not a problem. Um, I tried. Or I rallied up with the raccoon or whatever the, he is. The vagabond. Yeah. Um, that was uh, Aaron. Aaron. So yes. that was yeah. that was a little bit useful. He was giving me stuff, benefit me a little bit, and obviously it benefited him more to help him score points. I felt kind of bad because I basically just completely screwed over Sam. So he took one of those cards where you're trying to control certain parts of the board to yep. win the game, and you you can't win by points anymore. Yep. And then I happened to have the right card where I was able to take him out in both spots. He he had no he had no chance to yeah. win after that, so that was kind of because I don't think, that's on you then. I don't think we actually, we should have been able to we wouldn't have been able to take him out if I didn't have like the perfect card. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he was primed to win that. Yeah, in that moment, and but. then after that happened, he just had there's no way he was going to come back. Yeah, so he's basically just sitting there. I don't know. I I mean, I'll try. I'll try it a couple more times. It's different factions and whatnot. I I do like asymmetrical play a lot, and they're vastly different. I can definitely tell that everyone's playing a little different game, not completely different game. Like some people make it seem like it's just out of this world asymmetrical. Where it is, I mean, you have your different things you're trying to accomplish and stuff, but it's not like bonkers. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I still like it. I'm not bonkers about it, like, like you said. Uh, but you know, when we talked about it last episode for winning the most innovative game, right? That was the winner, right? I I didn't get that because I, I think with having. Detective and Chronicles of Crime. Yeah. Both of those are like totally different games than what anyone's really seen before. Yeah, and I would agree with that. But, you know, a lot of people keep making reference to uh, Root being like a a light coin game. Yeah. So why was, if Root is now winning... So innovative when it's the take of those. Yeah. And I guess that... I shouldn't be surprised that I didn't like Root because I didn't really like the first coin game I played, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like this either. So I, um, I did kind of like the card play in the coin games a little better because they have the events sprinkled in. It's been so long for me yeah. that I think if we tried a different one with a different theme especially and there wasn't side commentary <laughs> going on during the game, I think that would help. Yeah. So, But yeah, that's, you know... I mean, I, I see why people enjoy Root. It's 
people like the cutesy artwork yeah. and the color on it and things like that. So yeah, I can see the appeal for Root to people with the the nice bright artwork and the cutesy artwork and it's got the it's I, I do think too that even though with each faction having different powers and different abilities play completely different, it is fairly easy to kind of get into it. Yeah, it wasn't hard at all once. So I think that's part of the big appeal as well. And it's got a lot of replayability because there's oh, yeah. four different factions, you know, and you start learning the game and then you start learning what the other factions are more capable of and then once everyone knows what's going on in the game, it'd probably be better too. Right. You get the same people playing it all the time. But it just wasn't for me. And I guess I shouldn't have been surprised because I didn't like the Distant Plane, I think is what we had played a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also played Monikers. That was my first play of that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's a good, you know, just take it easy. I think, I don't remember what we got done playing, but I think we played Empires and you guys played Gaia Project, so then we just kind of took it easy. Yeah. Relaxing your brain and stuff. Right. It was a, a rebound game. Yeah. Because I like the little, you know, it's just your typical party game. You kind of had explained it before, but everyone... Grab some cards, you look through, you grab a certain amount of them so you know what some of the cards in the deck are. Both teams are playing through. First round, you can say everything but the name of the card. Second round, you just say one word, and the last round, you're acting it out. So then you get those inside jokes carrying over from round to round, and that's that's probably the funnest part of the game. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just kind of mad craziness. But I, I think one of the funniest moments is that we had the Kool-Aid Man card, and when we got to the Shrades part, Marv just ran into the wall. Just just, just all out ran, <laughs> just straight smashed into the wall. So that was impressive. We took one for the team on that one. He we did. did get it right away, too, yeah, we so did. it was worth it for yeah. him. Got us that point. <laughs> it didn't help us in the end, but... No. No. No, it's, that, that game's a lot of fun, and, you know, I, it, I don't think it's something like we're going to get out every time, like, bang the dice game Mm -hmm. but i think if we get it out every couple months or whenever yeah you know at the end of the night i mean that that fits perfect you know or the reason i picked it up in the first place was for a family get together so i mean for that it works i remember i harassed you because on your party games list i harassed you about us never playing and you said you had had it actually for a couple years yeah you actually you went up Played it, I think, the next game day. Um, while you guys were playing Marco Polo and The Expanse, me, Aaron, Johnny, and Hamhead were playing Tricurion. And I had talked about it before, and my stance on it still stays. I love it. But. Uh, Do you love it even more? Yeah, I like it more. Really? Yep. It got better with more players, too. As far as like your top 10 games of all time, how high is it now? It's getting close to the top ten, or it might be in it. Really? I'm not 100% sure, but it is very close if it's not in there. Really? There's basically, the bottom few spots of my top ten is always kind of just... How you're feeling for the day? around, yeah. And it is definitely one that would be primed to slide right in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was kind of worried... 
because Johnny's kind of a wild card. You never know what he's going to like and not like. Yeah. Sam is pretty easygoing. He catches on to games really fast. Yep. And then uh, Aaron generally does not like longer or heavier games. Yeah. He likes some of them. But. And so we split the group that night, and I, that's why I was surprised that Aaron actually picked Tracarion because we had talked about it in the past episodes. Mm-hmm. And we you know I we both knew it was kind of a heavier because I game. told everybody because Michael's the only other one that played it and he yeah. said he wanted to pick it but he wanted to give other people a chance yep. to try it and I told everyone like okay this is going to be probably about four hours with four players the first play they're probably going to play two games to yep. our one game you know just it's a longer and heavy game so you know so and he he picked it I was kind of shocked yeah so the game's seven rounds and Sam. Pretty much caught on. He knew what was going on. You know, everyone's got questions here and there, but yeah. he was catching on fine. And Johnny and Aaron, they just kept looking at each other like, what is going on? I don't know. I have any clue what's <laughs> happening here. It was mainly the uh, the theater part, which is the hardest part of the game to grasp, where you're placing tricks and then collecting different rewards from them. Okay. Uh, the rest of it is typically your basic worker placement. Generally, you can kind of catch on to that. And they were having trouble with the theater part. And I kept explaining it over and over and over again. And then after like the third round, fourth round, they had done it a couple times, but they still did. It was like Johnny caught on to it, and then he forgot. And then like the next <laughs> round, he knew what was going on, and then he'd like forget again. And Aaron was, you could just tell he was tired. He, like, went down and smoked, and, like, I said, I was like, you guys, I'm fine if we stop, you know, I'll yeah. pick something else, we can play something else. We're about halfway through, and they, no, no, let's keep going, and we went another round, and it just did not look like they were having fun at all. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, honestly, I, I'm i not going to get butthurt. I'm fine with, yeah. there's plenty of other games I can it, pick and play. It's funny, too, because, so... How we were, how we split it. We have like a loft that we have a gaming table up there. We play, and then you come down the steps, and there's the dining room, and there's a table there. So you guys were playing Tricarion up in the loft. I was playing the Expanse, and then Marco Polo, and Johnny and Aaron kept walking on the steps to go have a cigarette, and I'd always ask them, "How's it going?" And they were both just like glazed over, <laughs> yeah. and they're like. Yep, it's <laughs> it's something. They just it was just kind of funny, and it just yeah, that's the look they had the first half of the game. I think Aaron started catching on the last couple rounds. It started yeah. like you could tell is he's getting the hang of it, and then because I asked Johnny the next day, I'm like, you know, sorry if that was a, a slog for you, and if you don't want to play it again, I get that, and he's like, actually. Now knowing what I know, I wish I'd gotten more workers and I actually understand the game and I really want to play it again. Okay. And then Aaron, I said, you know, as long as you're not going to be miserable, I'm going to pick this to play at Origins because that's, you know, I got plenty of time. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm fine with it. He's like, what I understood, I really enjoyed. It's just, I was really tired and my brain wasn't working. Yeah. So it was, I thought. Everyone except for me and Sam were miserable. Like it was, it was not. It was looking good up there, but I was surprised that they actually both didn't hate it. No, that's good. So 
you know, and really we're spoiled now. We've been able to get our group where we have enough people that we're able to split. So even if they know, okay, I'm going to be miserable, I don't like this game, there's a second game being picked, unless we group up with a bigger thing. But yeah. for the most part, you know... The- yeah, typically we got we have two people picking each game day, and then we got two, three, or four-player games going on at the yeah. same time. So We recently played Summoner Wars. We did. It had been a couple of years for me, and I think it's probably three years for you. No, least. I think it was 2017. Okay. When I looked. So about about two years, okay. a little over. But I loved this game when we played it two years ago. And I still... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's really good. Can it be random with how you draw your cards out, when you draw your walls and your spells? Can it be random with the dice? It's like any yes. other game. I mean, yeah, it's a little more... But- but, I like randomness. No, I, I don't want wild randomness. No, no, no. But I, and I, you I, got control over it. And generally, not all the time, but generally the better player is going to win. I mean, unless you're just rolling really bad. Yeah, but the beauty of it is that there's so many different creature powers or yeah. whatever you have. Your, your summoner has powers. They typically have some way to maybe change the die rolls or... You know, maybe just different movement. Yeah, just, just different, different stuff, and it, it just flows so well, and it just it just works. So I think my favorite part is that well, there's 16 factions, each with second summoners. There are two different summoners and tons of reinforcements. So you can go about it two ways. You can either just say I'm taking this summoner, I'm grabbing all the cards that go with them, and I'm just not going to look at anything. I'm just going to play with that deck, or yeah. you can deck build your own army and piece it together, cobble it however you want. That's what I really like is you got options of doing it either way and all the different, just vastly different unit powers and the feel of each faction. Like I played the Shadow Elves that game and they had a lot of like movement type stuff, different things like that. Yeah, yeah and you have everything for this game. Yep. And when you open that box, everything sleeved, it is in there. Yeah, because it's the uh, Alliance yeah. Master set, and it's completely 100%. Just cards. Yeah. Cards, 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 and it's it's beautiful. But but yeah, I love the art on the game. The, you know, the, I, the, the newer art is much better than the older art. You can tell on the cards. Oh, can you? Yeah, like I didn't, the, the Tundra Orcs were older art, and the ones I had were newer art. Okay. You can tell it more on certain factions than others, but I didn't pay they, that yeah. close of attention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just—it's—it's it's kind of—it's always a back and forth. You know, you don't blown me away. Well, you got, but I like had four, three or four damage on my guy. Yep, he was I, only two or three away from getting killed. Yeah. So early on, it's always such a back and forth. You know, you. You start pushing on me, and then I knock you back, take out some of your guys, and I start pushing back. And it's kind of, uh, mm-hmm. it it really is one of my top two-player games. It's just just a lot of fun. We definitely need to play it more. Yeah, as far as our or less two-player games, it's probably this and Battlelore Second Edition are like my two favorite ones. Okay. Because they're both just like that quicker back and forth tactical game yeah it's a lot of fun a lot of customization you can do and stuff yeah and really with that alliance box that you have i mean the the combinations are you could 
Yeah. If Outrageous. If you're someone that is, you just play two-player games and you like that fantasy or tactical, like, fighting type game, this is a perfect one to get because you could just play this game nonstop yeah. and never run out of options. Yep. Anything else you've been playing? So fairly recently, though, kind of almost back-to-back game days, we were able to play Chaos. A lot of fun. We're playing different factions and basically corrupting this landscape. And the last game, who was I? I was was the Horned Rats. That's right. Part of the expansion. And they play very differently than the other ones because they don't put uh, the influence, or not the influence. Corruption. The corruption on the board. See, I like how he did that because... That way, regions aren't corrupting faster. You know what I mean? Right, because you play with five. Yeah. Yeah. And But it's a different play strategy or style then because... Definitely. Instead of going for that corruption, I have to make sure I get enough of my rats into a region when it pops that I'm able to score points off of it. And early game, I was able to kind of do that, and I I was scoring a lot of points by dominating regions. And towards the tail end of the game, you were able to get past me, and I, I think I ended up taking, like, third in that game. Yeah, I think Michael shot up yep. quite a bit at the end, he, too, there. He ended up just below 50. If he was, like, yeah, 46 or 47 40s, points. Yeah, low 50s. And... Yep. So it was a very close game, and I, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I know I got passed by both of you. And... It was one of those things like where it was like panic mode at the end because I could see it coming, and I yeah. couldn't stop it. But yeah, I like the horned rats. They have a lot of those like sneaky movement cards. Yeah, they have some of the chaos cards. You can get some upgrade, an upgrade I think too that lets you. I don't remember how. It I works, know one but... of them was when you summon one of your cultists, you get to summon two of them, okay. or something like that, something along those lines. Yeah, but. I would say they're all really ratty abilities. I get what you're <laughs> doing there. I like, uh, so we played with the expansion decks, expansion little chaos cards that you play onto the board. So it shook things up a little bit. You weren't quite sure what everyone's chaos decks were and how they played. So that was that was interesting to look yeah. through and play. I think next time we play, even when we don't use the horned rats, I want to see how that plays with those extra chaos cards. Because I've played the other factions quite a bit now with the base. Oh, you want to play with the cards? expansion? I, I, I'd say. like to see okay. how those work because I didn't see that. I mean, I saw you when you guys were playing cards, yeah, but, but it, it wasn't rat, like, Yeah, you have the same. And we yeah. had played with them so long ago. Right. Not even, I think I played Corn the first time we played. Yeah, so not like it took away from it for me, but I, it just makes me want to play it again. See what the cards are like for everyone exactly. Else. Yeah, to see how you know. So Nurgle changed quite a bit because well, he doesn't have the one upgrade that everyone takes always the three points every time. A yeah, you know, and I guess that's my my biggest negative for the game is that because that card is so powerful to get early game, why would you not grab that card? It, it would be a very edge case scenario that you wouldn't where basically if you don't get that upgrade and two regions are ruined maybe because usually it's before a region is ruined or one region is ruined by the time someone gets that so they're getting 12 or 15 points where if there's already at least some regions ruined 
then you might think, okay, maybe this isn't my best option. Yeah, but I think the second, the first or second dial advancement for Nurgle is... That, is yeah, it's, I it, think it's the first one, but it's early. It's second or third yeah. for everyone, pretty much. It, it's You get it pretty early, Yeah. and any time I've played that faction, I've always grabbed that card. So I'd be interested to see what the different power-ups... Yeah. How that would shake it up if, if I wouldn't go just straight one strategy every time but i think the corn player could just or the other players too should do a better job of not letting nurgle get dial advancements that's true but yeah i know what you mean though but that that is basically the for that faction the one that everyone goes with right away i also played empire's age of discovery just a little shout out for it and it's one that I always forget how much I like it. I know I've mentioned it on in here before, but it, it's a really good game. Area control, worker placement. You're in the colonizing different or discovering different areas in North and South America. Um, there's specialized workers where they all benefit you in different ways. You're also trying to get area control on all these different regions, as well as buildings give you special abilities and end game scoring. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Good, yeah, I great production. I wasn't in on that game. I no, nope. you were playing Gaia Project. Yes, I was. Yeah. And then also, the last one I want to get a, a shout out to is Alchemist. I know you're high on this game. It keeps getting higher and higher, and really? I have the expansion for it. And I've only played with like two of the very simple things to add in. There's two m- bigger parts that I have an even a different publishing board. So you have two publishing boards as well as the King's Golem part where that greatly increases the depth and of the game. So I want to play it a lot more before I'd even consider adding that in because it's supposed to it, it's a different a new deduction part to the game. Oh, yeah. It's more complex deduction as well. And you kind of pick and choose what you want to go with. Yeah, it adds a lot to the game, and I'm not even like to the point of adding that in yet. Really? So, so yeah. you're kind of at that point too with your carry on because you're high on that, and you have the expansion. It's a mini. It's a real. Okay, but real have you have you added that in or not? I haven't. I want to wait until I wouldn't add that in on someone's first play. It's not that it's that hard. It's just there's so much going on already. I would want someone to have played once. Or, and if they understand it well after their first play, I might add it on the second one. If it's they don't quite get it, maybe after their second play, I'd throw it in. Okay. But I was looking through the cards. It basically just gives your magician up to four different abilities or things that you can do throughout the game. Take advantage of different things. It's okay. It's pretty cool, and you can interchange them. So now that we're on. The talk of expansions. Should we get into our table talk of this week? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it sans Aaron. So this week on Table Talk, it is all things expansions. So would you like to expand on that any further? (laughs) Well, you did play The Expanse. I did. So you expanded on your gaming uh, repertoire. Yes. Anyways. It does have an expansion that I have not seen heard of or really 
I think it's like doors and corridors or something yeah, weird like that. I thought that. it was really bizarre. Yeah, it's like a yeah. funky. How do you take expansions? How do you like what what are some I guess we can't say what are some of our favorites because we're talking yeah. about that later in our top 10. But when you have a game in your collection, at what point or what makes you think to yourself, "Hey, I got to go out and get an expansion now over another game?" If I have a game that I really like, and an expansion is announced, or I know that there's one out there, I'll look into it. Okay. And I'll definitely investigate the because ex- expansions are really hit or miss. I think because sometimes you have that expansion that it just changes the base game so much, it's not the same game anymore. Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. To keep it fresh. Sometimes sometimes it's not. So. I generally get expansions for games I already really like, typically. Yes, because there have been a few, and I there's a few games that I have in my mind already. Yep. But there's a few that I've heard of that people say, oh, this, the game's okay without the expansion, but if you get the expansion, it makes it that much better. To me, though, that, I don't know if it's worth... Getting so, for instance, I'm not a big fan of Istanbul, and I've heard that the two expansions, the coffee and the mail, I yeah. believe, Bak, yeah, it's like Mocha and Bak Sheik or something yeah, like that, and then some, Letters and Seals, or yeah, something like, something like that. But I've heard those change the game enough that a lot of people like it with the expansions more. But to me, it's almost like, well, I I want to be able to like the initial base game enough and then go out and expand on that. So I've never looked in, I've looked into them a little bit, but I've never really considered going out and getting them because it's like, well, there's that chance because I don't like the base game. If I get the expansion and I don't like it, well, what's the point then? I could have just went out and got a new game that I liked. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent on that. There it's buying expansion to make the game good not worth it because there's so many good and great games out there so some examples are for us Istanbul for you Yep. Champions of Midgard is one that I have okay. where I played it, it's fine but I don't have an inkling to pick it or play it you know. Yeah. and, and I've heard everyone say all oh, those expansions are amazing they make the game great Yeah. like you said, expansions are expensive the price of a Big box expansion is typically the price of a regular board game because yeah. they don't make as many, they got to make a profit. So I don't even have an interest in getting into the expansions for that. I'd rather just buy a game that I know I'm going to like. Right. Why should I have to? The base game should already be really good. Why do I have to buy an expansion to make it good? And like Lords of Waterdeep is one that you have. Yep. Everyone really likes that expansion. It does make it better. I think we've played it out. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. Yeah. But that one was one where... So I know I got that game for my birthday, and I think that following Christmas, I got the expansion as a gift. Really, at the time, I I did enjoy playing Lords of Waterdeep, so I would have probably gone out and found the expansion on my own. And I agree, that one added so much more, and it made the game better. Because it adds those two boards, it gives you more action spaces, it gives you that corruption track, it gives you... It basically gave us two different decks to play with. We have, as far as like the buildings, 
that interact with those corruption and those extra yeah. boards and then the base stuff. So I didn't care much about that stuff. The thing that it added for me was the corruption that made it a lot more interesting. Yeah. There are so to me there's two I guess categories of expansions. Maybe there's more, but I'm just gonna say two. So the one that you mentioned that they come out and that it, it almost maybe doesn't recreate the game, but they add so much more to it, it does change the game. And then there's expansions like small box expansions that just add more stuff. Mm-hmm. And for games that I love, I love those expansions. The the ones that just add, you know, they don't change gameplay elements, they just give you more cards. So for instance, one of them that I can think of offhand would be Skullville, the lab expansion, just a little expansion. So it does add the little lab, your own little personal lab that you can grow peppers in. And we play with it here and there, but the biggest selling point for that expansion for me was just more market cards, more of the recipes that you can make. It just added more to all of the options. Yeah, in in games where you have like a deck of cards that you run through or something, when you just add another deck of cards or throw some things like that, expansions are great for that just to add more variety of replayability. Are there any expansions that ruin the game? I mean, I just want to play with the expansion. (laughs) (laughs) I I can think of one. What do you got? Takedo. Well, then you just just don't play with the expansion then. That was one that I... Yeah, I I was not keen on that one either. And we talked about it in the review that we did. And it was just... uh, I I just prefer the game without the expansion. Those are rare, though. Typically, when we get an expansion, yeah, you know, it's it's something you know you get it because you know you want more of that game. And I'll usually I won't introduce a game with with its expansion to somebody unless it's like you said more of the same, or it just adds just a real small little thing where it's not going to be a problem for somebody learning the yeah. game. Because I don't want to throw too much at them or. I want them to develop and learn strategies and navigate the game with the base game, explore the options naturally like someone else did when they're learning it, Yeah. and then go from there. Is there any expansions that saved a game for you, or games that you want an expansion for? Yeah, I was going to mention after our top ten, but one game that I wish there was... Well, it's more of a sad story, and I think we mentioned it before. Was the elves in Battle Lore? Oh, okay. That was the one expansion that I was pumped for you to buy. <laughs> yeah, that's Fantasy Flight there. They announced it? Well, they didn't technically announce it. Everyone knew it was coming, though. Okay. And it was it was there, and then it was just ripped away. Yeah, because they came out with that Rune Wars miniatures game, yeah. and then they stopped with and, that. Yep, they stopped that. Uh, that game hasn't gone anywhere. Nope. So, yeah, there's that. I got the sleeves and everything. I got those green sleeves waiting. Uh, Wait for those elves. <laughs> Just in case someone wants to make the elves. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that was... Any that saved a game for you? But that kind of goes into our point of we're not going to buy an expansion if it has to save the game. So Right. I, generally. I would say that the 
the Lords of Waterdeep expansion saved it for a little bit. It yeah, it gave it more. <laughs> it gave it more life. Did so, it save it? Is it saved for you though? Well, because it's dead to me. Because the last probably five times I've played it, I haven't had any fun. Yeah, it. But you know, like you said, we played it out, and the expansion helped it give it some more plays. But I'm also at the point where it's like, well, I would just prefer to play a lot more games in that place, even with the expansion. So I would say I gave it more legs. Uh, but as far as saving it, though, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Because I, I'll explain in the top ten as far as saving. But I don't think it really saved it. I just It just made it better. Any disappointing expansions that you've gotten? Not counting Takedo? Or that I've gotten? Yeah. I don't know. Not really because, you know, there's plenty of expansions that I have not gotten. So I try to look into them before getting them. And if it's a game I already like, the expansion would have to be really bad Yeah. to, to take it down. So I don't know if there's any that I've gotten and I regretted. The one thing I don't like about some expansions in games, it depends on how well the game integrates it, but sometimes it's like you got to set up like nine new things and you're looking at the base rule book and then the expansion rule book and then you're looking at system not like oh you got to set up these decks this way now instead of that way like the role player expansion I'd rather play with the expansion but it's just kind of obnoxious setting up the game and yeah things like that I guess with it. I guess to that point I would say maybe maybe some of the Eldritch Horror I, I got one of the <laughs> I got uh, the Mountains of Madness expansion and added an extra board and just more decks of cards. So it, every time more we cards did, you gotta more, yeah more cards you gotta sift through and shuffle through and find figure the out. right ones. Like where does this go? Yeah, and how does that work? Yeah. So that one it almost started becoming just too too much. Too much. That's what I was gonna ask too. Is when is an ex- when is it perfect? When is it overload? That one. <laughs> I would say definitely that one. Yeah. You know, I got... I know for sure one of the expansions. I think it was the Forsaken Lore, but I could not... I, it was the Snake one. So I got that one, and basically that just added more variety to the cards, which is awesome. But the some of the other big box expansions it just added a new board, and it was just... just yeah, and they almost, said they weren't going to... Make it like Arkham Horror, and then yeah, they just come out they with did. expand. Yeah. yeah, is uh, Marvel has Legendary has that been overloaded for you, or have you like is there too much variety? Or no? Well, so I'm at the point where I'm I pick and choose which ones. So they came out one with um, like Spider-Man Homecoming. You're not at the point of anything like oh, which one of these six different Iron Man? No, I'm not. I'm not that far. Because I, I pick out the ones that I like, or the heroes that I like, or you know maybe the villains, whatever the case is. And so I was going to mention the Spider-Man Homecoming. It came out, and one of the things that I really like about Marvel Legendary is the art. All of the cards have different art on them for the different heroes and villains and all that stuff. But that one, it came out, and they used still shots from the movie. Yeah. No. I'm not going to mix that in with this beautiful... Anytime I think of 
that and then mixing it, it just is terraforming Mars to me. Yeah, like great game. What are you doing with our? I I couldn't that? believe they did. Well, then they ended up releasing a base game that had just stills from all of the movies for the characters. But why? I just would much rather prefer the actual art. Art, and not. Go go one way or the other and stick with it. Right. Don't how stupid that looks when you got like oh, Thor is art and then yeah. Hulk is stills. Yeah, like. it, it's bizarre. So, but as far as overload, I would say no because I just pick and choose in the game. Simple enough where I can just put in who I want. And I think recently they came out with a an expansion, a small box one that I actually was interested in. I haven't sought it out yet but it was uh was it venom or something like that or don't ask me i know you don't know (laughs) but i I believe it was venom i can't remember if they had a different name for it or not but i i do like that villain or anti-hero whatever so that's probably one i'll eventually pick up you know if i see it at a store or something but uh yeah i wouldn't say it's overload because i just pick and choose do uh expansions do they bring back do they get you sauced up to play or bring that spark back again for you sometimes when they've gone out of the limelight you get a new expansion or you hear of one coming out does that Um, make you think oh i want to get that to the table again or this might bring it back to the group i don't know if it's so much that it gets me sauced into it again if it's more of it just gets me thinking about the game again which gets you sauced right if that yeah, so roundabout, sure. But, it, you know, it's... So, for instance, you know, I think I talked about it before, is that I got I finally got the Kraken expansion for Abyss. And my wife and I played it quite a bit, and we still did, and we got the expansion, and we, we didn't really... It wasn't like it was like, oh, we got to get this game out now. We got to get it you know, to the table more often. It's just, it's still getting played the same amount. It's just, you know, that respect. So not, not so much. How about, you got to give me that notebook now because I got to ask you those same questions. <laughs> I kind of answered them as you were. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's, there's some disappointing expansions I've got. I just can't think of them offhand right now. But it's generally more of just games that I wasn't, terribly high on I'm trying to think if there's I don't think I ever played with the Golden Ages expansion but I've only played that game a few times oh what did, do you even know what that added uh, cults and culture or something like that there's a couple different tracks it's been so long since I looked at it because I Sarah wanted to learn it and then we just never <laughs> did type of thing so that one was anti-sauce. A little anti-sauce. Maybe there was a little bit of sauce, but there was more sauce in other games. But I, I, I actually can't think of any bad expansions that I've... God, I'm sure, there, I'm sure there is some, but generally I like to do a lot of research, and I just don't go... Kind of the same as you. We, just, we don't go buying expansions willy-nilly just because yeah. there's an expansion out. I get excited knowing that there's one out, and then I, make, I look into it, you know. Right. But I, I try to not just insta-buy stuff. Yeah, because they really can be hit or miss. Because there's a lot of them I've looked into, and I'm just like, that doesn't sound like something I'd really care about. And some of them I may really like, but it just I don't. Like the Terraforming Mars ones, 
the only one I even had any interest in was Prelude. Okay. And then, okay, yeah, I might get uh, Hellas and Elysium just because it's different board to play on mm-hmm. and some new milestones. But all the other ones, just I didn't find them interesting at all. But the Prelude one really liked the sound of that one. It's just a tiny little expansion too. But So, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot. I don't want to, like you, I don't want to ruin too much either before we get into our top ten on it. So. Right. So if that's all you got, uh, why don't we go ahead and review Teotihuacan or Teotihuacan. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Teotihuacan, City of Gods, was designed by Daniel Tassini and published by NSKN, now known as Board of Dice, in 2018. It plays 1 to 4 players in 90 to 120 minutes. In Teotihuacan, players are descendants of powerful noble families of a pre-Columban, pre-Columbian civilization in the greatest city in Mesoamerica, trying to achieve everlasting glory. The goal of the game is to have the most victory points at the end of the game. During the game, players will be moving dice around an action board rondel. They will land on one of eight action boards and take the action there. The die value and the number of dice there will usually determine the strength of your action. Actions include collecting cocoa and resources, worshipping at the temples, building the pyramid, and obtaining prestigious plots along the Avenue of the Dead. The game end will trigger after the 30 clips or when the pyramid has been completed. Players will complete the current round and play one more full round. Players will score points and the scion with the most is the winner. So, Tim, how do you feel about the overall production quality of the game? I think the the best production element of the game is the pyramid tiles. Uh, you know, they're real thick, chunky tile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, I think they're wood. But yeah, they're so whether they're wood or whatever. But they they do have a good feel to them. You know the you know they're big they're chunky I like the little uh, you know art design on them and you know the that's my favorite production part of the game I I think the art's okay uh, the board itself is okay it it serves a purpose it <laughs> I love the board like really? the look of it I love I I don't hate it it's where you got the little people walking around the town doing stuff like yeah. the, the colors while it the colors that they do have pop on it and it looks really nice um, it does look busy a little bit when you're not used to the look of like all the icons and the and everything yeah you know I didn't find it too busy I just I wished it popped more it, it just seemed, and not that it was bad, and I'm not, you know, saying it was the worst art I've ever seen, nothing like that. It was good, it wasn't, it was just okay for me. <laughs> I really liked it. But I like that kind of theme. We're not on theme yet. I know. Okay. But for me, it just brought out the theme for me, like the look of it, and everything was kind of like dusty and back then and whatnot it just it kind of has that look to it but yeah i think the components are all really nice they're that thicker cardboard like you said the pyramid tiles are nice and i like the little symbol i don't know they just look cool yeah yeah i just i just wish to pop more that's all it is 
It's got a good pop for me. It pops nicely when you get that pyramid going and you get the decorations on there. And yeah, I mean, it's not like super vibrant, and colorful, or anything, yeah. but it's got its it's got its charm for me in that sense because it's not really like anything else out there. I feel like as far as the art and yeah, just the art and the look of it because it is it's got a lot more like grays and tans and whites than a lot yeah i th- i think that's what i think that's why my, you don't yeah yeah it, you know i wish there was less yeah it's definitely got a different the, style than a lot of games yeah as far as the artwork goes but yeah, yeah i think the components are all good there there's nothing chintzy about any of them and it's a really cheap game too it's like i can't remember but i think i 40 bucks was MSRP when yeah, I pre-ordered it or something like that. That was my biggest surprise with it when you you told me how much the pre-order was. That was it was very surprising because yeah, it was way cheaper cheaper than you're getting a lot of game for Yeah, you're getting a price. lot of game for 40 bucks. Um the one Maybe. complaint I do have is I like the stone and the gold but the wood was too small. It's too skinny. It's real little. Oh, it's just like a little toothpick. Yeah, just wish it was about not even double the size, just a little bit bigger. Because the the stone and the gold are nice and chunky. Yeah, and then you grab the wood, and it's maybe that's why the game can be purchased for forty bucks. Because of the wood. Because the chintzy wood pieces. No, they're not chintzy, but they could have been. They could have been bigger. Could have been better. All right. So yeah, there's a theme grabby on this one. I. I actually do feel the theme a little bit in because you're moving your workers around despite my negatives on the art. But again, they're not that negative. I, I do feel like the dice workers are moving around the board. They're doing the actions for me. I'm building up the pyramid if that's my strategy. So it's not super there, but it's it's kind of there. Yeah, it's... I like... I'm interested in, like, Mayan, Aztec, Incan, like, all those kind of civilizations. I don't know that much about them, actually. Yeah. But I find them interesting. I, like you, I feel the theme a little bit. I mean, you're, you're moving around. You're building on that pyramid. You know, your people are dying off. And they go to the Avenue of the Dead and things like that. Yeah. And you're going up these temple tracks to worship certain gods and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, nothing crazy, but... I do like the idea of the theme quite a bit, I'll say. Okay. How does the game play for you? The gameplay, you know, we first played this game last year at Origins. We demoed it at the NSKN booth, and... I think we played to, like, one Eclipse, I think is what we ended up demoing. Okay. I was thinking it was more, but maybe it just felt like more. It was a lot of explanation. Yeah. And... It was very overwhelming. After we got done, though, I wanted more. I think you, because you, me, and Michael all demoed it. Yep. And I was the one that was like, I basically was seeking out. I had known that it was going to be available to demo there. And I was like, okay, let's go demo this. I want to yeah. try this one out. And we sat down and I was like, I made a, mis- these guys, I made a mistake. You know, these guys are going to start ragging on me for having us demo this game because it was really overwhelming. Yeah. But I think. Because on the way back, we we did we were, we talked about like our top games of the convention, and yeah. this for the three of us that was one of the top games 
mm-hmm. that we played at Origins. It's almost been on a steady trend. Every time I play it, it's getting a little better, a little better. And it's because I'm you know, learning the mechanics a little better. I'm trying to get my own strategies. I'm, maybe one game I'm going to build up the pyramid. Maybe the next time I'm going through Avenue of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot to this game. And you, you know, the other thing I really like too is you're trying to time out, you know, when you get your dice stronger. So when they go to four and five, you have to pay more for them. But when you land in certain locations, you get better actions with those dice. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to time it out, like okay, early in the round, I might try to boost a guy up or one of my workers up, and maybe I'll try to have them ascend before I have to try to feed them. Yeah, it's, it's... I like that when you do ascend, you also get that instant bonus, whether you want to take Coco or move up on the temple, yeah. get another worker, which you don't even need in the game, but that option is there. Mm-hmm. But it is satisfying when you get a bunch of high dice onto the same action board and just get a ton of yeah. stuff. That's mm-hmm. very... It feels very fulfilling when you do that. Yeah. Um... One thing that I really like about it, it's kind of got that Great Western Trail feel in a way for me, is when the setup is different every game. The action boards, I mean, it gives a recommended setup for a first play, but yeah. after that, basically action boards 1 and 8 are in the same spot. All the other ones are in random locations. Uh, new progress tiles, new technology tiles, which are like your upgrade or special abilities. Okay. Um, the end game scoring tiles, those yep. at the top of the temple tracks, those are always different and in different ones. Just a lot of variable setup, and I really like that because you can kind of look and think, okay, I want to go for this, and you kind of strategize from the start of the game. You can build and form a strategy yeah. and see what the best combos that you can try to do are. So, so there won't ever be like one all-powerful strategy because it, it really depends game to game what you can combo together. Right. I I will say a few of my negatives. This isn't going to be me winning again, is it? No. <laughs> do you want it to be about you again? <laughs> no. No. So I don't want to have to feel guilty for winning. No, you don't have to. Okay. You can, though, if you want to. That's up to you. <laughs> So I mentioned Great Western Trail, and I don't know if you're going down that road again. No, <laughs> no I had these pre-planned. So a few of my negatives, though, uh, I did feel like there is kind of that steep learning curve because when we first learned it at Origins, we were overwhelmed. When we played it, so each time I play it, it's getting better and better, but mm. I worry if someone plays it the first maybe second time and they're still overwhelmed they might not quite get into it it might be something hard to get into in a sense i don't know if that makes sense or not yeah it it does because it it can look overwhelming at first glance and with all the iconography yeah now everyone in the group i think has played it except for marv and no one's had that issue like after during the first play where they were like overwhelmed or they didn't like it because they just didn't know what was going on okay because johnny really liked it he even picked it his next game day uh, michael enjoyed it aaron i think did i don't i don't know for sure so i don't think anyone's been okay maybe i'm just making it up i don't know well no it's a valid thing because it can when you first look at it it's like whoa yeah i'm never gonna understand this one well that's what happened to aaron though because we the four of us walked up to the table we sat down. He was like, no, I'm going to go do something else. And he walked away. 
So oh, he, well, at Origins. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to have any kind of weight to it. He's going to be... He's probably just hung over. <laughs> Maybe he was. I don't remember. So my other negative, and it wasn't that big of a deal, but it, I thought of it, was... So my last game, my strategy was to build the pyramid. So I had to try to get my dice to line up just right where I could build twice on a turn, or maybe even just once. So one turn, I got a big turn. Boom. I got to build twice. Now I have to try to get one of my dice all the way back around the board to continue to do my strategy. So it was almost like I took a turn of just moving a dice to, yes, I, I know I get to take an action or I get to take Coco or whatever. So it wasn't like I was losing an action, but it almost felt like, okay, I'm just going to move and do this even though I don't want to. you got to adapt. I do have to adapt, <laughs> and I get that. And it's not really a big complaint. It was just mm-hmm. kind of – it was something that I thought of in the last play. It was like, okay, well, here I've I got to take two turns to get back around. To I mean, able. you don't get to do your big – giant satisfying combo yeah. actions I, I i know but it's there for me i think that's just balance i guess the one i guess i have two negatives one is the little one you kind of had mentioned it just looks overwhelming at first glance just when you first look at it you can be like whoa and mm-hmm. then once you actually sit down and play it's fine um the one con i do have is it's fiddly because there's a lot of things to remember as far as like getting your cocoa paying it or collecting it Moving up the temple tracks, all your little technology bonuses. Yeah. You got a lot of little things. I mean, it's not a negative for me. It's just, I mean, some people can find that annoying. It is fiddly, but it's not a bad fiddly for me. Yeah, and I guess one thing to note, too, is whoever goes last, they have to remember to move that. Yep, the first player, too. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> we had played wrong. Well, not even that, but just once we actually, when we did play it right, it was like, oh, the last person to go on their turn they have to remember to move that eclipse track mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of little things little things you gotta remember to do yeah. bonuses to get and stuff like that i think the game is just incredibly satisfying there's tons of different strategies you can go about it depends on the combos and how stuff comes out the pyramids are great uh the building the decorations are nice it helps you move along the up the temples, the Avenue of the Dead, that's a multiplier, so if not a lot of people are doing that, that's a good one to go for. The masks, if you can get those early too, you get a ton of points for masks because you score those each round, scoring Eclipse as well. I really like the scoring in the game because there's a lot of different ones, and then I really enjoy how someone jumps way up, but then this other guy might just jump up and pass them like, yeah. a little bit later where... Like the last time you, me, and Johnny had played, we were constantly just jumping over each other. Oh, one guy's got a 30-point lead. You think it's over. The next guy passes him by 10 points. That was pretty cool. You never felt like... You never felt out of the game. No. That's the thing I like about this one is even if someone's way ahead, you could easily catch up. And then you got those a few extra endgame scoring things where Mm -hmm. you can really just fly up on that score track. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, the biggest positive for me is that there's so much you can do. Do you want to build on the temple? Do you want to paint the steps? You know, do you want to do the Avenue of the Dead? I mean, there's so much going on. You know, I, I, I even though it was a minor negative, having to move the dice 
not being able to get the big turns of every time or whatever. But I do like that, how you got to move your dice around the board and try to time it out right where you're advancing your dice. You know, maybe I'm going to move this to a 4 to a 5 so I could take a big action on my next movement. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. So for me, there's a lot more positives to the game than my two minor negatives. Yeah. So the last thing here is they did announce an expansion that will be available to demo at Origins. Really? Yes. Uh, Teotihuacan Late Pre-Classic Period. So last year we demoed the game. Now we get to demo the expansion. Yep. And I think it's four modules. So one is a temple, and I think it's an orange temple. It's harder to move up on, or you'll have fewer opportunities to move up on it, but then it gives you... uh, Persistent powers throughout the game, or okay. lasting benefits, I believe. Uh, one of them is so some of it is similar to the Zulkan expansion, Tribes and Prophecies, if you're familiar with that. But then one is uh, another module is basically get your own player powers. Oh, okay. And then a third one is um, Seasons, I think it's called. I can't exactly remember, but then that is like during each, like between Eclipse 1 and 2 and 3. There's something affecting the game in a positive or negative way that you got to deal with, that everyone's kind of got to deal with. Like, okay. oh, maybe moving up the pyramid costs an extra stone. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm thinking something like that. And then the last one, I I don't remember what the fourth module is. So those modules, it would basically just be one of the temples that you put out on the... I'm I mean, guessing, not temple, but... I'm guessing it'll just be right next to the main board. I th- I'm thinking the fourth temple. Oh, really? Yep. I don't know. I haven't, like seen it at all any okay. pictures or anything um and then the last one i think is it gives new i think new decoration and pyramid building boards and i think this was actually supposed to be all of this was supposed to be in the base game but it was too complex they thought or thought it wouldn't sell as good so then right. they peeled it off as an expansion i'm not sure on that that just might be hearsay but that is some of the rumors i've read so but it sounds real similar to the Zulkan expansion, but even a little more to it. And I really liked what that added to Zulkan. Yeah. And it's made by one of the same designers, so it's not a big shot that it is similar in so, that yeah. sense. Makes sense. So what would you say for a final rating for you, Tim? You started out liking it, and it grew a little bit for you. Yes. And my final rating... I would say about like an 8.5 or 9, somewhere in that range. You know, it's it's one that anytime it gets picked now, I want to play it because I've had really good plays with it. I've never really had a bad play of it. And, you know, when we play it right, it it is fairly quick. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It is a lot faster than what you think. Yeah. And you especially like the third... It just gets real quick, ramps yeah. up fast at the end, and that getting that darn cocoa. And, you always need cocoa. Yeah, you always need that. But I, I always felt too when the game wrapped up, I was like, ah, oh, I wish I had one or two more turns, mm-hmm. because you're you're kind of building yourself to a big, big turn. But you know that's a good thing too because you kind of you go through, you're not quite sure exactly when it's going to end. The scoring, like you mentioned earlier. I like that a lot because we never saw a runaway leader because you can get big turns where you jump way up. 
Mm-hmm. And so you just never knew how the scoring was going to shake out at the end of the game. So, yeah, I give it uh, I give it that, and I, I like it a lot, so I recommend it. I'm right there with you. I'm giving it a solid, definite nine. Okay. Um, I guess maybe in the long run it could go down a little, could go up a little, but it's right near that, right in that nine range right now. And maybe the expansion will add to it. I really, really like it. The varying strategies I really like. I know there's not just tons of ways to score points, but there's a good half dozen ways to score points, and each game's going to be different on what the best combo is, and it's finding that combo. Yeah. And it's when I'm done with the game, I'm thinking, oh, man, I wish I had. Because the last one I know I tried to, I, thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to go up on these two temple tracks, and then I get sidetracked. <laughs> And I didn't even get to the top of either one of them. Maybe I did on one of them. Yeah. I can't remember. But it's just like, oh, I want to I want to try this the next game. I always like that feeling I get in games when I'm done and I think, next game I want to do that strategy but better or try this strategy. Like I thought about that after we played Feast for Odin. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to try one of these two strategies out. And I always think about that when I play Great Western Trail. Yeah, It's just always like, oh, I want to do this strategy. So that's always... Always a great thing when you're thinking about the game in a positive sense the next couple days after you play. Yeah, that's always a mark of a good game. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you, especially for us, when we typically, I guess not typically, every time we have game day, we play a handful of games. Mm -hmm. So if you have that game that consistently stands out after you play it on a game day, you know, that that's where you know it's, it's high for you. Yep. That is Teotihuacan, or if you want to say it correctly, Teotihuacan. Hopefully that is close enough. (laughs) All right, so if that wraps up that review, we can move on to our review of Concordia. Concordia was designed by Max Gertz and published by Rio Grande Games in 2013. It plays two to five players in 100 minutes. In Concordia, players play as one of the dynasties within the ancient Roman Empire. It is a peaceful game of economic development. The goal of the game is to have the most points at game end. During the game, players will be playing personality cards to take actions such as moving colonists, recruiting new colonists, building houses, producing goods, trading goods, collecting coins, purchasing and recovering purchasing and recovering personality cards. The game end will trigger after the last card has been taken or a player puts out his 15th building. Every other player gets one final turn. Players then add up points for every personality card they have, with each one scoring in one of six different categories. The player with the most points is then declared the winner. So Tim, I'm going to ask you, what do you think of the production quality of Concordia? The production quality is okay. How do you feel about the board cover? I know a lot of people aren't too into it. So, yeah, that... Let me just hold it up here for you. <laughs> See, you have the... Is it the second edition or something? Because it they cleaned up the cover. Looks really awkward. What do you, so, th- what do you think she's buying? Oh, obviously silk. It's looking like silk, but he looks a little shady. He does. I'm sure there's something wrapped in that blanket. <laughs> <laughs> There's contraband in there. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not good. The 
me see. I think the tokens are okay. Yeah, they're shaped. Yeah. You know, they're nothing special, but they are at least shaped. They're not right. cubes, so that's right. a step up. Uh, but that's as far as the production quality, the good production quality goes. The boards... Boards are thick. Yep. I will say that the tokens, the player boards, are on the right track. The art, the... Everything else is kind of bland about it. I mean, even the cards, they're kind of just kind of a gray with text on them. They serve a great purpose, but... Yeah, they get the job done, but they don't get you excited. They don't look they don't look good. The board the box cover. I mean, that's the biggest complaint people have, and that's why people have they are hesitant to play it because yeah, it they looks, don't play the game because it looks so bad. I think it's contending for the worst box cover I have with Hanza Teutonica. Those two are the two worst box covers that I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's hideous. I <laughs> so I I am in that camp of people that didn't play the game for the longest time. It took I kept you a long time after I got it, like almost a year yeah. and a half, two years to play. I, it. I kept hearing great things about it. You got it. You played it. You talked it up, and it was still one of those games. It was just I don't. I I was never gonna pick it because of the way it looked. It looked so bland. They're too shallow. Yeah, look at the inside. Well, I eventually got there. It took you a while. It took me way too long. <laughs> Don't trust me, huh? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... Eh, they they could have done better. And like I said, I, I'm pretty sure they did with the well updated cover. I like it looks that much better. It doesn't, but... It went from horrible to ugly. The... I mean, the board itself looks pretty bland. It's just... It looks like your standard older Euro game board. Yeah. You know, it, it's functional. It matches the box cover. It's a little better than the box cover, I'll say. Not much, but it's better. Yeah. Maybe I, not much. I but don't look at not, it and get grossed out. No. It's not the worst board I've seen. No. So, I think that about... I think the money... It's ugly as well, so I replaced it with coins because it was just. Oh yeah. But yeah, the resources are good, fine. The shape, player boards are good, cards are okay. Everything looks kind of boring in the game. Yes, it does. It does give it a very boring feel. So does that boring feel about the production leak into the theme for you? Do you feel the theme in this one? So. You you asked me if it leaked into the theme. I would say it's like a black hole of themes. Like it's, you look at it and it's just void of anything. I don't feel a theme at all. It's like the pinnacle of the cliche of trading in the Mediterranean game. Yes. There is no theme. Well, if you would go, it's in, more thematic than some abstracts. But yeah, there's not a whole lot. Well, you're moving, you're building your houses, your little merchant houses or whatever you want to call them and whatnot, setting up shop and exchanging goods and but yeah, there's there's not much theme at all. I don't feel I don't feel much. I love that you're trying to grasp for anything. Well, you said it was one hundred percent themeless, so I would almost say so I would say like ninety nine point nine percent themeless. You know, like when you get Bold. when you get um the uh hand sanitizer okay 
this is that it's almost missing that one percent. Those can be a little sticky sometimes. Tacky. So Your hands get tacky after <laughs> using it. How would it? Where would it land on your uh, sticky index? Oh, very low, but your adhesive. We, we tend to review a lot of unthematic games. Either that, or we just have no imagination. We don't <laughs> like imagine the theme at all. We just we want it handed to us on a plate. Uh, plate. Yeah. Could be part of the problem. No, you know, you can... I mean, sure, people can make that argument well, that, yeah, you that can, we have no imagination. But if you want... I don't want to have to struggle and try so hard. Right. To, yeah, I don't want to work to make myself feel a theme. So if somebody asks me about a theme, though, you can't say, well, you don't have an imagination because you don't feel the theme. Well, no, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You want something like Robinson but, Crusoe, where you're just feeling the theme while you're yeah, playing the game. Right. So, no. I don't see a theme at all. You could make the argument, yes, it is more thematic than uh, Czar or chess. So I think the theme is you're a bunch of Italian city-states, and you're just going out and trying to spread your influence and economy to different areas of Europe and Africa and stuff. I'm not... Come on. They're trying. Come on. come on. And you're really trying for them. No, I'm not saying it's... I'm just telling you this is what they did to try to get people into the theme more. I'm not like their spokesman saying you're, this is a thematic really, game. You're really feeling this theme, aren't you? I specifically told you I am not <laughs> feeling the theme. I'm just ma- making a counter-argument that some people might make. I'm just saying... Well, so I agree with you. There's not much theme. Okay, we can agree on that. What would you say about the gameplay then? I think it's a very solid. I think it's uh, rule books like three pages, so that was really nice. It's very easy to understand. I guess the one hard part is kind of like one of the con. Well, the cons for me is the box art is hideous, mm-hmm. so it's hard to get some people into it. There's really no theme. Yep. And then it's hard to grasp scoring in that first play. You kind of get caught up in doing other things, not paying attention to the cards and the fact that... So these cards, you buy them off a row. They tell you... You have a hand of cards during the game. You just play a card. It tells you exactly what action to do, whether it's exchanging goods, buying goods, putting houses down, getting colonists, all sorts of different things are going to score points. Each card scores you in a specific category among various things. And you have to buy these cards... You'll score in one of those six categories at the end of the game. A lot of times you get caught up in just doing other things and not getting enough cards or enough cards in, say, like, oh, I score two points for every colonist or just different things like that. Yeah. Where you got to buy the cards that you're going with your strategy. People get caught up in not getting those. And it's you don't really understand how the scoring works until you do it. Because it is kind of a little bit different. Yeah, it makes sense, the scoring, but it, like mm-hmm. you said, it is different. And I, I can definitely see that for being a first play if you're not. I like it because it's all at the end of the game, so you don't know who is doing, unless you're memorizing everyone's cards and everything, but you don't really know who is right. doing great. Or you might have an idea, you know. On yep. Yeah, you always have a feeling that you're in the game mm-hmm. as far as the score goes. You might see somebody loading up on a lot of cards, but you don't know if they're buying 
the same type of cards, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're just kind of all over the place. Because I think when we played, I thought it was Marv. He had just a huge deck of cards at the end of the game, and I think he scored fairly well. But looking at it, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't win. Yeah, you really got to concentrate <clears throat> on like a couple, two, three scoring areas that you're really shooting for, working throughout the game. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you're never really waiting too long in between turns. There's not a lot of downtime. Actions are simple and quick. You just play your card, take your action, next guy goes. I like that you can play a card to actually copy someone else's card. So yep. you're, they get a really powerful one or you already used yours. You're like, oh, crap, you're in a pinch. You might be able to copy someone else's card. Typically that happens a lot with the, uh, when you go to the market stand, yep. marketer or whatever it's called. Everyone's copying the beefy one. The beef yeah. mark. Yeah, as soon as somebody plays it, they're like, oh! Yep, and then the whole, <laughs> everyone yep. else right back. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I like that. Uh, the scoring, I like the card play in it. The, I love how the cards also determine your score at the end. So, are you trying to get more cards to give you certain actions, or do you want to start kind of go for the cards that score you the points and then use the actions? I just I really like that, and like you said, it's quick. Turns don't take long, so it's you know it doesn't take long at all, and it's your turn again. And you had touched on the rule book, so you left it here, and so I refreshed on the rule book. And I took it 10, 10 minutes. It took me like ten minutes to like go through it. The whole rules. And the beautiful thing is the. Basically, the entire rules are, it just explains the cards, what the cards do. So, as long as you know the cards in the game, you know the entire game. Yeah, and you have your hand of cards that you start with. There's only a few other ones out there that are, a couple others are different or just upgraded versions of the ones that you have. Yeah, so that, for a game to be, to me at least, feel that strategic Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's feel like it has a lot of depth a ton of replayability for it to be that streamlined in the rules is really incredible really it's it's definitely one of the most if not the most elegant game i think that i i've played or that i have at least because just like you said the three-page rule book the rules are so short and simple basically the cards and then the scoring once you do the scoring once you got the whole game down yeah like it's great for that next step into board games like you want to start playing a euro game Mm -hmm. that a new person can get into as well as a seasoned player it's perfect for that they're both going to get a lot out of it um there's a lot of different strategies that you can go with with all the different scoring cards that you can employ uh love the cards as actions and end game scoring yeah it's strategical and tactic tactical because people sometimes put houses down and you might not have enough money so you kind of got to refigure your plans yep i mean yeah it's just really solid all around the only crime is the the box cover really if it was a pretty good box cover with just those components and boards in there it'd be fine you yeah. don't really be crying but yeah if the, yeah that is that's obviously my biggest beef with it you know and it it took me so long to get into it you had it and talked it up, heard things about it. It didn't. It took me until Origins, the one year when we went, 
where we were at a convention and you're like, okay, I'm going to get Concordia out of the library. We're going to play it. And that's when I finally played it. When you basically... You really didn't have a whole lot of choice. You had me at a convention and I had to play it. And I'm really glad that happened. I played it all player counts, plays two to five. So now the map, there's tons of uh, expansion boards that give you like different style of maps or different various player counts. The base box has, I think, a two three player side, I think, and then a four five. I'd have to look to make sure, but I think that's how it works. So it's a little tighter, obviously. With two and five, it's still good, and I still really like it. I like it at best, though, when it's three and four. Because with more than two, there's a little more of that interaction out on the map with, like, the buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, And then with uh, five, it's just maybe a tad longer than I'd like. But yeah, it's not. It's a very minor complaint. And the one thing I really like, too, I forgot to mention earlier, is the end of the game. I always like it when it's not just a set number of rounds. So it ends when someone puts out their last house, everyone else goes again, or when someone buys that last card. Yeah. I really like, because there's that tension, like, all of a sudden, boom, some guy puts out three houses in yep. one turn. And he's starting to push the end game. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's always cool, too, because you can kind of sit and you, you're, as you're playing along, you're kind of, like you said, you're kind of watching to see, okay, is this person going to start chasing end game or not? And you're kind of, it's kind of that tension of kind of looking around, trying to figure out what's going to happen. And, yeah, another point... You threw in there the word interaction. There's really not much. The it's only, not, yeah. The only interaction you have is if somebody is already built in a location. You can build there, but then it's going to cost you, from, uh, what, double the coins it per costs house? You, yeah, like times, if there's two house, you're putting the second house down, it's double the coins. Yeah. Three, third house times three, I believe. Yeah. So like it costs more resources at all. As, as far as that goes, so, you know, that I never found the interaction to be... Yeah. In the way. Yeah, there's really, gameplay-wise, there's no complaints I have. It's similar to some games, but it is a lot different, though, with just how everything works, and I really enjoy that. Now, you have played with the Salsa expansion once, maybe? Uh, I know, yeah, I'm I'm almost positive I played just the one time with the expansion. I, I think I only have a couple times. Um, I haven't played with any of the other ones. I really like the salsa expansion though. So that adds uh, so it adds a couple different things. There is salt, which is a wild resource, and you can spend it as a different resource whenever you want. At the end of the game, it counts for some of the scoring cards, but not all of them. Okay. Uh, it's very expensive to get it though, so it makes up for it that way. It's just really nice when you're in a pinch, or if you have you got that pinch of salt, you can use. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the forum cards I think is the best addition for me at least so when you pick up your cards usually you just kind of get money however many cards you have you get a certain amount of money this you also are going to take one of those uh, forum cards which either gives you a one time bonus you can use mm-hmm. uh, an ongoing ability you have more options to grab and it's always yeah. nice getting one of those everyone likes special abilities and yep and that's that's always cool because you can kind of, depending on what strategy you're going for, if those form cards help that strategy, it helps drive that as well. So that's always cool. Yeah, it's one of those expansions that it adds just a little rules overhead, not much at all, but I feel it adds a lot to the actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't really have a whole lot else, I don't think. Um, do you have any cons for the game? I kind of listed mine. The box art, the theme, no theme, and then it's hard for maybe a beginner to get the scoring down and feel competitive then. Or basically to know what they should be striving for. Yeah, that's that's about my... I wouldn't say cons- I wouldn't say concern about the game, but that is my biggest negative about the game is that the art and that basically the art stopped even, you from playing it for a long. It time. It did, and you know, I guess to counter the new player issue, the first time I played it at Origins that time, it was no, it's I, not. I fell in love with it right away. It's not so bad. I, it's yeah. So I can see that. Some people might have a problem. Like sometimes they want to be competitive that first game and feel like they really have a fair chance. Yeah, but you know, some people might not like it because of the absolute lack of interaction. Perhaps it's a little interaction. I mean, it's not a, a little super interactive game, but obviously, it's not a negative for me at all. I I will mention though, I think it's called Concordia Venus. We have not played that. I hear really good things about it but i just so it honestly though if i see it at origins this year i'm probably gonna pick it up yeah i mean because it's its own it's its own game it is it's a standalone expansion everything i see people really enjoy it and it gives me the same feeling that concordia does because i don't know what to think about it i'm not huge on the box art i mean it, it looks better than this yeah but it, it, I always think, okay, if I get Concordia Venus, is it going to be just like Concordia for me in the fact that I put off getting it or put off playing it for so long, and then when I did... No, because you've already played Concordia, so you know how much you like it. Yeah. The only difference is it's just te- it's a team game. I kind of heard you might be able to play it... Well, I think you can play it like regular or. Concordia, but then it adds, because it adds a six-player, and you have to play in teams. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I know it's something along the lines. I think your money is shared with your teammate. I'm not sure about resources, so you kind of have to plant. You know, you don't want to screw your opponent over. I don't think you have like, you play a card. I don't think you both have to do it. Maybe that is. I'm not sure. I haven't read the rules, anything. It just, it seemed odd to me, but everyone seems to really enjoy it. But everyone seems to enjoy Concordia, so. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to try it yet. And like I said, if I if I see it out in the wild, there's a good chance I'm pulling the trigger. I guess what would your rating of Concordia be? Well, the best part about this game for me is when I opened up the box, I picked up the rule book, and it was like just two sheets of paper. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. So it got me into it right away. It so didn't, didn't sit on my shelf of shame for long. The rule book's almost as thick as the theme. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty close. <laughs> um, so I think final rating, probably a solid eight and a half with uh, salsa. Okay. I think without it, eight, maybe an eight and a half. It's one of those that I always really enjoy. Really like it. It's not my absolute favorite, but I'll always play it. But it's always like on the outer edge of getting picked. It just doesn't quite get picked, and that might be. Because of the look of it, yeah. But I really do like everything in the game. I like. I have no real complaints about it. I think I'd give it a, probably an eight and a half. Definitely an eight and a half with the ex- salsa. 
expansion for me. Okay. So, always willing to play it. Excited about playing it. Doesn't get played enough, I don't think. Either. Not nearly enough. It's it's one that gets overlooked in our group. Definitely. So, I would give it just a solid 9. Maybe 9.5. And that is with or without the Salsa expansion. Like I said, I only played that once. Uh, but... Anything that's going to add more variety in this game and, you know, give it more longevity. Not that I see it, you know, hurting with more plays or getting stale with more plays. I don't see that at all. No, I don't either. And it's just, it's a joy every time we get it out, even though it is rarely picked. I think it's one of those that everyone does like. It just, they don't like it quite enough i mean i think you like it probably the most i really enjoy it too i know michael does but everyone except aaron seems to really enjoy it (laughs) so it it's it's one of those that you know we get together like say if it's my pick day we get together i pick games and the next day when we're talking about it i almost think like oh instead of picking that and playing that game like one of them was you enjoyed it but it was maybe not as fun as you would liked or something or you yeah well that or it's like oh shit i almost forgot about concordia <laughs> i wish i would have picked that so you always just you forget about it yeah and it's, it's a little sad but yeah for you know how much i like it and how highly i rate it maybe maybe that's where my board game etiquette comes back maybe that's what i need to work on just remembering the lost games well how much do you like it if it uh it doesn't keep you coming back i like it quite a bit though because every time i play it i'm like oh i love it but it's not in your mind that is a weird thing but it is doesn't have that x factor for you i I don't know what uh i don't know what to say to that i don't know (laughs) you know maybe because i mean recently the hot games for me have been Gaia, The Feast for Odin. You know, those were my... And Root. Yep, and Root. So those were kind of my... You give up on that one yet, or are you just going to keep plugging along? I'm going to keep plugging just to annoy you. Just pick it when uh, someone else is picking with you <laughs> so I can scamper to the other table. So, you know, those three have been my, my high... I want to pick them again and again because I feel like there's more to get out of those games. So I, I think maybe that's why Concordia dropped and didn't get picked because I've solved Concordia is what you're saying. No, because <laughs> I not at all. Because I normally typically I like to pick two heavier games and then, you know, party filler type of games or something like that. So, so even I, so even I though feel I feel Concordia is like medium. Yeah. Do you agree? Okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to get to that. Even though I don't feel like Concordia is a heavy game, maybe just looking at the box cover, the board, the presentation, it looks heavier than it really is. It's dry, that's for sure. It is dry. Like a wet theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at for Concordia. So I'm going to guess Aaron would give this about a 6 Maybe. I know he really doesn't enjoy it. Wow, it's that... Yeah, because when we got it out at Origins, he was really talking it down. I think the reason why I don't pick it 
is because I usually look at the games that I own and try to pick those. So maybe if I got Concordia Venus, I'd pick it more. Got to branch out. I've been trying to do that lately. Pick a game, one other game from someone else's collection. Didn't do it the last game day, but I did it the three before that. I always try to think of something I haven't played in a long time that they haven't picked. Yeah. Well, I'll work on being better at that. Well, you'll probably be working on that for a while. Yeah, it'll be a while. Yep. (laughs) So if that wraps up our review of Concordia, it is now time for our top ten board gaming expansions. All right, Ryan, so how did you put your list together? So it was a tough one. It was hard to get the order down. Like, it was really hard to rank them 1 through 10. So, I mean, yeah, they're all fairly close. Maybe the top couple are a little head and shoulders above the rest. But looked at any, uh, tried to look at any expansions that I played for a game and tried to rank them. There's no rhyme or reason like, oh, this made the game much better or this added that much to the game. It's just... Generally, it's games I already really liked, and I like the expansion a lot and what I added. So there's no real standard I set for organizing the list. Did you consider or maybe have any games that are considered standalone expansions? I wouldn't consider that unless the couple, two, three, whatever things that may have added to the game mm-hmm. I really, really, really enjoyed. Then I would have considered it, but there wasn't like... Say Dead of Winter, The Long Night. I have only played it once or twice. And the things that were added were fine. I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But if there were things like I just loved and I wouldn't play the game ever again without that, then I probably would have added it. I have one that's borderline. We'll get to that. Okay. But I have a reason. Cody of Venus? <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> But I, there's a reason for it. So I did consider one. There was some other ones that I did not. There wasn't any for me that were really even on my short list of for that. Like okay. Like standalone. I, I did have... Um, most of them are ones... So how I rated it, I went from kind of my, my very top are ones that... I would not play the game without the expansion. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought the original game was bad, but it just added that much to the game that it's like, okay. So would something like Lords of Waterdeep, would that expansion qualify for you, or do you have to also like the base game? I would also have to like the base game, so you might okay. see it on here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes and no. I was just curious. I, so I had, as well, I had uh, okay. like the base game a decent amount or whatever. Yeah, any ones that were close, I just went off of how much I enjoy the base game or the actual expansion itself and then kind of slot them in from there. And we had kind of talked before in our opening the episode about we, you and me personally, don't give a lot of thought to, let's say... Istanbul or Champions of Midgard with the expansions because people say it makes the games great. Yeah. We just didn't give it that chance because we didn't like the base game enough right. to even bother. So those won't be on our list. Yes. 
And those are the reasons why, because we generally don't give it a chance if we don't like the game enough to begin with. Right, right. All right, so why don't you start us off with your number 10? So our number 10 we have just talked about and reviewed, that is Concordia Salsa. So we kind of already talked about that added. Uh, mm-hmm. Just added that little bit more to already great game that I really enjoy, the salt and the form tiles. I won't get a whole lot more into it. So that's my number 10, Concordia Salsa. Yeah, it was one I considered. I didn't put on there just because I only played it the one time. Yeah. And it had been a little while, but um, what it did add, I, th- I thought it really did help. So. so a lot of these, at least the ones in my top 10, there were some that were just off that were close, are all expansions that I own. And I think the reason for that is because I play play them so much more. Because there probably is ones that I would enjoy a lot, but you have a lot of expansion to yeah. collect and things like that, or I just haven't played them enough or played them at all to know. So there there's are a cu- there's a couple that I could think of that are probably on your list that I won't mention. Yeah, and so I think there are a few that you're going to bring up that I didn't put on here just because with you owning the game and the expansion, sometimes when we play, I'm not exactly sure what... Is the expansion and what isn't? Yes. Yeah. So, but you know, I'll I'll bring it up when it uh, when it comes up. So, my number ten. It is an expansion for a game that you have the base game, but you've never played the expansion, and I own it. Yes. <laughs> I always get your like nine and ten, and then I just can't get anything after that. Uh, so that is Five Tribes, the Artisans of Nicaul, I believe. Is there another expansion, or is yes. it kind of like a mini one? There's or? there's a couple mini ones, if I remember correctly. But this is the, the big expansion. It adds more tiles. It adds mountains. Okay. So what you do is the tiles that it does add, you mix those in the center of the board, in a sense. So... Are the same amount of tiles in the game? You just add, replace some? You don't replace some, you just add them, if I remember correctly. And then those tiles, some of them have little, uh, they're like highlighted on the edges. So that's where you put mountains. So when you move, so when you pick up all your uh, your meeples from a tile, you actually have to go around the mountains. Okay. So it adds a little more to trying to figure out how you're going to move and drop people, uh, your meeples off it adds an extra tribe so it adds purple meeples so what they do is the fifth tribe nice so what they do is when you drop when you last place a purple and you pick up purple you get to uh basically get these extra uh tokens which are like artifacts in the game that give you some of them might be just points. Some of them might help you uh, move later or just kind of different stuff like that. So it actually adds quite a bit. I, I've i played it a few times without it and quite a few times with it. It's not one that I always play with. It just kind of depends on my mood or who I'm playing with. So, Is it one that you would add in for a new player or no? Or is it something that... You wouldn't add? No, because actually our last time we played, uh, I did not add it in. 
And the only reason was because it was we had two new people. And not that the tribes in the mountains and the other tiles add a ton, but I didn't want them to be, kind of be overwhelmed because this game can suffer from people with analysis paralysis. Oh, yeah, definitely, if you're sitting there. Yeah, so I didn't want to add an extra layer of it trying to figure out an extra tribe. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why. But I think it's a really good expansion. Yeah, I've always consider picking up or trying out some of the expansions for five tribes they just never do um i really like this game a lot more with two than with three or four just because you can set yourself up for back-to-back actions or actions in the next round type of thing but and then it it also can suffer more from that ap too when you have yeah when you have more people and it's yeah you know you can't set yourself up but yeah it's really solid game and i've considered picking those up um so my number nine is a game we've played a couple times recently and we just played with the expansion that is chaos in the old world and that is the horned rat expansion i'm guessing this might be higher on my list but i've only played with the horned rat two or three times we've played with the rat a lot when we have five players but the chaos cards and the upgrade cards for each faction that totally change it we haven't played with that many times so i really like it it gives them different strategies totally different gameplay style and i look forward to playing with it more so that is my number nine the horned rat for chaos in the old world yeah that's definitely one that i'm i'm excited to see more of because we we've just started to kind of get into the extra chaos cards so yeah i'm definitely excited to see more of that expansion and it's great when, because it plays up to five. Five then, then. yeah. Because usually you only really want to play with four this week. Four or five gives yeah. you a little more options. Yep. So my number nine, and that is a game that deals with peppers, and that is Scoville. And the expansion is in the lab. So the thing that I like the most about the expansion is just that it adds more. <laughs> I was thinking, does it add new coins because it's a bigger player screen? <laughs> it does not. That'd no. be a perfect... That might be my number one if it did that. <laughs> no, what it adds, it adds more chili cards. So it adds more variety to the recipes. Mm-hmm. It adds more variety to the market cards. So this is kind of your perfect expansion that you generally yeah. get into. And we have used the lab portion of it but not all the time we kind of bounce back and forth you know one play we'll play with it next time well let's let's not put it in so that i could kind of take or leave so what that adds is every person gets their own lab and when you plant your peppers you have the option to also plant peppers in your lab so when you plant peppers out on the main board, it is kind of the same. So when you have two peppers next to each other, they're going to crossbreed in your lab. So you can kind of, you have a certain amount of spaces to do that. So it's kind of a way, it almost speeds up the game in a little way. Okay. Just because you can get like the ghost peppers or your black and white peppers just a little faster. Because you can use your lab and then no one else can benefit from that. 
so that's that's what the lab portion is but otherwise uh the cards are great to add so that is my number nine skullville in the lab yeah i have not played with this one i know you play with your wife a lot and it hasn't gotten played in for a game day in a couple of years yeah, at least it's a been a long time since i've played it so yeah it's a good game though i enjoy it a lot uh, my number eight is Alchemist, the King's Golem expansion. So there's like four or five different modules, and I've only played with two of them, and they're very basic ones, but I really like what they add to it, and I would incorporate it in every play of the game because it doesn't really add any overhead. So the stuff it adds that I've incorporated is you get like startup funding so you get like four cards and you pick two of them so you get to pick your starting resources or different things you might get an artifact card lose some reputation more ingredients just different things you get to pick and choose what you want instead of just set at certain stuff so i always enjoy that and then uh it adds to busy days i think it's called so the wake up track always changes every single round it's never the same it's that same track it's always different every time the stuff that you get for turn order so it's real small what it adds there, but I would always play with it. Um, the things that I think this would rocket up my list, but I want to get comfortable with the base game first because this is a very heavy, different type of thinking game. Yeah. So I want to play it a lot more before it adds this other stuff. So there's the library, which we've used. Basically, that tells you if your ingredient is solar or lunar so that basically will help with your deduction by narrowing it in half uh the other the main things it adds are a second publishing board and i haven't read much into this or the other thing but it gives you basically another board that you can publish on so there's two boards that you could publish on and this one switches that up okay as well as the king's golem so the golem is something that you're trying to animate for the king and it is a heavier than the base game type deduction so you kind of pick whether you're trying to deduce the king's golem basically you're trying to wake him up and you're trying to figure out what ingredients you add to wake him up in different ways type of thing i think okay so there's two different ways you can deduce in the game for the ingredients or the potions or the golem or maybe you can go a mix of the two. I haven't played it. I don't know. But I know it is very heavy, so I haven't even really looked into it until I play this a number of times. And the group and myself are more comfortable with the game. So that's my number eight, King's Golem for Alchemist. Nice. Yeah, this would fall into the category of I don't know the... I've played the base game. A number of times, yeah. But I wouldn't be able to tell you what is an expansion and what's not. Yeah, it's it's pretty minor stuff that I've added, but it's something that I just I, I always like that when you get in games the option of like picking your stuff at the start, you know, yeah, or a draft at the start, just different things like yeah. that. Okay. So my number eight, unlike the game we reviewed earlier in this episode, this game has beautiful art. Call of Adventure. The uh, name of the wind expansion, Aaron's expansion, no. the Rothfuss. That might come later. <laughs> we'll put that in as his number one. <laughs> we'll just assume that. This game is Abyss, the Kraken. Expansion. Not the Leviathan. Not the Leviathan. Which is the first one? The Kraken. Okay. So the biggest thing that this expansion adds is the 
the black pearls and they're kind of like the kraken pearls so to speak so there's different ways you can earn them and then there's different lords that work with it that work with it so some of them might give you bonuses maybe you gain pearls and then you can also spend those pearls as currency when you're trying to recruit lords uh, but they at the end of the game the player with the most black pearls they take a negative so you're you're trying to get them because they help you but then you're also trying to dump them at the end so it's kind of a cool back and forth and it just adds it doesn't add a ton to the game but after we played it the last time my wife and I were talking and we we probably will play it with the expansion from now on okay realistically so yeah, I know. I think you said before this is probably your wife's favorite game. So I know you guys yeah. play it a lot, and it's kind of in that same boat as Scoville for me. I I like the game. I haven't played it in two, three years for both of them. For me, Abyss kind of has that. It's got like this little cult following. Not a lot of people, or it, it's not super popular at all. But I do hear people talking about it here and there. The ones that do really, really like it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd like to try out that i'd like to try out both expansions i love the art in the game it's it's a nice little like meaty filler like push your luck meaty filler type game yeah it's it's a different style of game mm-hmm. so yep yeah let's try it out sometime if uh you gotta pick it though so yeah i could pick it too <laughs> <laughs> or you know aaron johnny marv michael they could all pick it too. yep so we're all to blame I'll blame Angela because she makes you play it so much that you just don't feel like playing on game day. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my number seven uh, is a game you haven't played, so I know you haven't played with the expansion yet. Okay. I do think you'd like it, even though you tend not to like these dice worker placement-y type games. Okay. Um, So this one is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And that expansion is the Houses of the Renaissance. Okay. So, I do have some cons to this expansion or the game itself. Really? It's your number seven and there's cons to it? So, the rule books are very frustrating. Um, So, I'll get into the expansion, what that adds first, and I'll talk about the rule book stuff. Okay. So, what this adds is, it's been a while since I played with it, but... You have these, uh, basically you're a house, so you're bidding at the start of the game. For your starting resources, you take less resources, but you're bidding on the special power you get throughout the whole game. Think uh, Marco Polo, like a super strong power that you can abuse. I know you're not big into the game, but that's kind of what you're bidding on. Okay. Um, So you get that as well as your starting resources, and then it adds another tower, which are basically, there's three towers in the game, or four that you're buying cards from, and they're all the same color each tower. This one is mixed of all the different colors, and then you are buying. You can buy cards off there as well. It's nice because it switches up the feel. It adds those cards are always shuffled up, so you never know what ones are going to be in there. And it adds more leaders. So what leaders are is there's requirements on them for you to play them. So you might need to have four green cards and then you can play this leader and he'll give you like a one-time bonus each round bonus or ongoing bonus just different things like that which is always really nice everyone likes that and then uh you can also discard it to get like a small little little thing 
in case it's one you can't achieve the requirements for. So the problem, so I really enjoy it a lot. I would probably always add it, but it's frustrating because the rule book and the base game rule book, the leaders, you don't always know exactly what the iconography means. So it's kind of wonky iconography a little bit. Unless you play the game a lot, you're used to yeah. it. Okay. But I don't get it out. It's always like six months in between plays for me or four months. So I kind of like forget. Yeah. So I get a refresh. So it's the leaders aren't in alphabetical order. There's like 20 of them and it's just no rhyme or reason. So I got to like look at all the different names and find. Are they matched up to where their powers are similar no. or not? Really? No. Just, just completely random? Just totally random i've asked people it's really frustrating going through and trying to find the so then there's two sheets of leader because the expansion adds more leaders so i'm looking through two different sheets <laughs> trying to find the not alphabetical leaders and then this the icons are in like the middle of the rule book on a couple different pages so it's like i'm sifting all over trying to find exactly what that icon means and what that one means so does that almost like make you not want to pick the game because of that frustration sometimes it depends how tired i am or how patient i'm feeling at that time you know if i'm like tired or i just don't have the patience for it no but i do really like the game and i really like the expansion as well but it is a definitely very frustrating and obnoxious factor if they just clean up certain things yeah that doesn't make any sense at all why would you do something like that i i don't understand why the if the leaders were in alphabetical order, it'd make it just way better. Because you, you draw them or you get them and you're like, you got to pass the sheet around and then everyone's just trying to figure out. It's Yeah. The symbology stuff is just, I need to just play the game more often or enough and I'll have that down. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number seven. Lorenzo Il Magnifico and Houses of the Renaissance. My number seven. It is a game that I'm pretty sure you've played. Actually, I know you played at least once, but you have not played the expansion. And basically, you are a family, and you're going into a town, and over time, you are killing off your family members. Yeah, I haven't played the expansion. I've played the game a couple times. So the game is Village, and the expansion that I'm talking about is the Village Inn expansion. So what that does, it adds an extra space for you to kind of put the action cubes out that you can pick up and use. And so over the town chronicle, you put the bar. On the unmarked grave, you put the uh, kind of like the distillery. So during the game, you can go to the village inn and you can have basically you you get to draw cards from there's like three cards face up if I remember right so you get to take one of the top cards so basically you're one of your family members they're going to the bar and they're just interacting with different people there might be a traveler that might be able to help you travel there might be someone a different merchant that you might deal with that you can use later in the game some powers happen right away some of them you keep and you can use later or you know just kind of different it adds just kind of different options for you during the game. And then the, and I guess maybe not interesting, but kind of the funny thing is, so if your family member, so if you're not familiar with the game, 
different actions you take, you have to count you, on your own player board. You have like a cycle. So every time your cube passes over the bridge, you your your lowest numbered family member has to pass away. And depending where that family member is, you might put them in the town chronicle or in the unmarked grave. And you score no points in the unmarked grave, you score points in the chronicle. If your family member dies at the bar, they just go to the unmarked grave because they spent their life drinking and there's no glory in that, I guess. So just a brief summary of the Village Inn, but that is my number seven expansion. Yeah, I like the Village a lot. It was kind of surprising how much I liked it. And I think there's another big expansion that people really like too, and that changes the traveling yep. a lot. Yeah, the uh, Village Port, Okay, I believe it's called. It's one on my list to get, but... Now... I you haven't you've played with this just with two, yes. Because it hasn't gotten you frothed up enough to pick it on game day then. No, but it it almost falls in the same category as like Scoville and Abyss, that my wife and I pick it. We play it two player a lot. So when it comes to game days, you want to play something new. Yeah. Even though I might like it more at higher player counts, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just good at two. But I've played it a few times. For sure once. I've played it twice, so I know okay. one so it, was three and one was four player, I think. Yeah. So it has been picked, mm-hmm. but just not for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking maybe the expansion to get you to bust it back out on game day or something. Apparently not. Apparently not. Not yet, at least. Yeah, not yet. So my number six is one of my favorite games. Uh, that is Great Western Trail, and the expansion is Rails to the North. I was surprised it's this low. I've only played with it twice, so I can't okay. could rack it up higher. So, because I, I love the base game as is, yeah. So, but I love this expansion. I don't think Aaron was right. I do think you need to dabble in the Rails to the North, at least a little bit, if you want to win or be very competitive. See, I I dabbled a little bit, but I I did have the feeling though that you didn't need to. I think if you want to win, you definitely need to a little bit. Okay. But I haven't played with it enough. Yeah. I don't know. So, could be right, could be wrong. It'd be interesting to see, though, after more plays. if. And I'm fine either way, because I love participating in the expansion part of this. Um, so it adds, when you deliver, so it adds another uh, auxiliary action. You have to discard a value to cow, and then you can basically move... Put your uh, branchlets out on this little mini-map above the board, and that unlocks different areas. Like, you might get bonuses for going into certain cities. You might be able to get, like, the Station Master tiles, which gets you an immediate bonus and endgame scoring. Um, it might unlock higher-level cities for you to go to. Different things like that. Uh, might let you build for free. Just all sorts of different awesome little actions that you can do. Um... Great expansion, great game. I really don't know what else to say. That is Rails to the North for Great Western Trail. It's my number six. And I could see it getting higher for sure. It's yeah. one at this point that I'm going to play with it every time. Because everyone in our group likes the game, knows the game enough where and this doesn't add yeah. that much complexity-wise. Yeah. Okay, so my number six, it's kind of 
how do I say it? Because it's it's a game in an expansion that I don't know if I'm going to play anymore because I have something that replaced it. So that is Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition, Shattered Empire. So, so you... Well, doesn't 4 just add in yeah, the expansions yeah. right in there? It it basically took the best parts of the expansion and put them in. So you just wanted to get Twilight Imperium and talk about it, basically. That's why you put this on the list. Sure. <laughs> but, Aaron wasn't here, so you got to talk about it when he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the reason I put this on the list, because when we did play 3rd Edition, you know, I liked the base game a lot, and then this expansion, what it, we didn't even play with everything that came in the expansion box. So the best thing that this expansion adds is the the strategic action cards that you can pick at the start of the round. And how we ended up doing it is so it, you either can play with the the new set itself, replacing all of the original ones, or what you can do is you can kind of mix and match. So that's what we would do. We would kind of pick our favorites out of, you know, depending on whether we want warfare from the first one or the second one, or do we want the trade um, from the first or second so that's kind of what uh, what we did. We did add a few more things like the, uh, I believe it was like commanders or special units to your fleets that you can add in. And, and we had like the leaders or something the one time. Yep, yep. I don't think we played with them the other time. No. So, you know, there's there's a lot in it, like I said, and I know we didn't play with it all. And we were, the the best thing was just mixing and matching those uh, those strategic actions. And that's why it kind of puffed up on my list. And, yeah. So that's my number six, Twilight Imperium, Shattered Empire. Yeah, I remember a little bit about the stuff you added and dent, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those where, you know, I could have added stuff and you guys wouldn't have known because there's so much in that game. Yeah, it's one of those games for me that's kind of slowly... Dropping a little bit the more mm-hmm. we play it, but we'll see what fourth edition brings. We'll see. My number five is the expansion for Spirit Island that is Branch and Claw. So the last time we played Spirit Island, we played just the base game, and I liked it significantly less than with the expansion. And I didn't realize I liked the expansion this much. So what it adds is a couple spirits that you can play with. I think. Maybe some cards, I'm not exactly sure. The main thing it adds is... But it adds a couple new tokens that you add to the board that change things up. Some cards that interact with those tokens. And then the best part for me is the events. So you get these events that pop up and you got to deal with... There's a couple different options that you have. And you just got to deal with those events. They might last immediate effect. It might be for that whole round. Different things like that. So the events is what really... It makes it feel more thematic for me it brings that theme in even more and i like those randomized events good bad we just got to deal with it oh boom it helps us a lot different things like that so that is branch and claw for spirit island there's there's a lot of different stuff you can kind of pick and choose in that right yeah or not so much there's a, f- a few it's not crazy but it it the last time we played i really missed having the stuff in the expansion. I really miss having the events a lot. Okay. So I really like those. It does add a little more playtime though when you're you gotta deal with the events and you kinda talk 
with everyone what you how you're gonna deal with it and stuff. So you gotta be aware of that. Okay. So my number five. I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the only standalone expansion on my list, and we recently played it. And that is Summoner Wars: The Alliance. I mean, it's I guess it's technically an expansion. But, I mean, would you consider, like, a collectible card game or an LCG living card game by Fantasy Flight like those? So, would it make you feel better if I just said all of the Summoner Wars expansions? Yeah, I guess. That'd, that'd be okay. better. I, it's just kind of a... I get it. It's just kind of a weird... So, and the reason why I picked this one is because... So, if you had the base game... And then you get Alliance. Well, it it allows you to mix. Technically, and match. the the base game is like. Well, um. so I think they came out originally. It was like a little tiny box. There's a couple different boxes. One was uh, Tundra Orcs versus it was like Phoenix Elves. Okay, well I'll stop you there. Goblins. If you have Summoner Wars Master Set. Okay. And you get Summoner Wars Alliance. It gives you so many more options to where you can add that that summoner that basically mixes both, you know, mixes two different factions together. Yeah. And that's, I guess, it just adds more variety to an already great two-player game. Mm-hmm. And that's why I made my list. No, it's definitely a solid pick. I guess I didn't even, I didn't consider it really just because... The whole game is an ex- expansion, kind of. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I could it, see that. It's kind of like those card games or different things like that, which collectible games. It's not collectible, but yeah, I didn't really consider any other CCGs, and maybe you can even just say this is a CCG because there's so many small expansions for it. You could say living card game because CCG. You, oh yeah, you don't know it's randomized yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're getting. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I. I I would definitely probably have this on my list if it met my criteria, I guess. I just don't really know what I would go off of as the base game. But yeah, it adds a ton of variety yeah. and options. I, I was and... thinking more of the master set. Okay. So getting the master set and then this is the expansion. Okay. Solid. So my number four is Zulkin, and the expansion is Tribes and Prophecies. So it adds a fifth player, which not a lot of people care about. That's just going to, yeah. <laughs> um, Does this game get, we, we've never played it at five, have no, we? No, there's, I've never even considered I'd rather play something else. Because it'd probably be too long. The board, I think, would be too crowded. Mm-hmm. I know it adds a little bit, so it makes it less crowded. But yeah, that's a non-issue. So the main things for me that it adds is, that starting setup where you're grabbing a bunch of tiles and you get to pick your starting resources. I love that. Um, it gives you different tribe powers, and they're not as powerful or great as some games, but you got a couple to pick from. You can pick which power you want throughout the game. Ability uh, might be you have to feed less, but just different things. And the prophecies, That's I really, really enjoy that. So that's the first age or whatever you want to call it there is nothing you have to deal with but you see everything that comes out through the game so you can see the second age third age and the fourth age there's something you have to deal with maybe moving up on a temple costs you a resource and everyone's going to deal with that but then in age two and then at the end of age two 
however many steps you moved up on a certain temple, everyone's going to score points. If you haven't moved up, you lose points. You make it a bunch of points for getting really high. Are all of those public knowledge at the They're all public beginning? knowledge from the Is beginning. Okay. So you know everyone throughout the game. So age one, you could plan and work on age the age two one or the age three one. You can get up on those tracks before things become more expensive. Okay. Things like that. So what it does is each game there's a different one out there, so it you can't always just go with I'm gonna do a big corn strategy. Just it's gonna make you change your strategies because you're gonna lose a lot of points, or it's gonna make it harder to do certain strategies. Okay. So I don't I don't know if I played that part of the expansion, but it sounds interesting because you know like you said you might not just focus on one strategy because depending on the round and the boost depending on the round and that boost of the round you might have to yeah kind of move around and and there might be one that you might punt uh this prophecy but you might really work on those other two during the game and it's not going to make you just go into your same comfortable strategy that you know well those make you switch it up because you can get some good points by how many of those are in the game then I mean, are there... There's three in the game. Are they always the same? No, there's always a bunch of different ones. There's like 15, I would say, different ones. So you always shuffle three of them in. Okay. So yeah, I really really like that a lot. Interesting. So yeah, that's Tribes and Prophecies for Zulkin. Okay, so my number four, I'm starting to wonder if it's going to be on your list. I know it's an expansion. It's one that you own. And it's one that you've mentioned a few times, that you would never play the base game. It's probably on my list. Okay. The, my, so, really, I, my top three, if you really sit and think about it, are probably pretty predictable, but... I would assume that we're going to have crossover on our top three. There might be a couple, I'm thinking. And I'm kind of surprised that one of them didn't make your list, but I think I know which one it is, which we'll get to. But I think this one's on it. So it's role player monsters and minions expansion, and basically in role player, throughout the game you are creating your hero. You're building stats up, and basically what the monsters and minions adds is that it gives you the option to fight bad guys with your heroes throughout the game. So it just adds just a little layer to it, and this hero that you've been building up, you can now fight with him. And it kind of adds that. So It is not on my list. Okay. I did have a hard time with this list. There's a lot of expansions that were real close. I think the base game, maybe I just didn't like it quite as much. As some of the others? Yeah, but I really... I would not probably... I would play the base game, if, but... It's one I would always want to play with the expansion. And that's why I thought it was going to make this list for you, because... Yeah, it it it, it was hard to make this list, I'll yeah. admit. It was hard to make a 10, top 10. And then, uh, so I really like that. Instead of going to the market and buying a card, or there's nothing there you like, you just discard a card to get some money, you go out and you actually fight. Mm-hmm. And you learn something about that boss at the end of the game that you'll have to fight and get some points for. And I added a few other things. The one negative I have, it's kind of got a little bit of that Lorenzo expansion negative where the it's got another rule book and then there's like different setup and I'm sifting through like all these decks of cards now. There's just so many cards, it's kind of overwhelming and fiddly. But once I get it all set and organized, I really 
I wouldn't play without the expansion. Okay. So my number three is a couple of expansions. And those are for Oleones. Uh, that is Trade and Intrigue and Invasion. So Invasion is the first expansion I got. That added a few different things. I didn't even try half of them. One solo. Me and my wife tried the two-player game once. You basically have, if I remember right, you have different goals you have to complete or tasks to do. Yep. I did like it, but I'd rather just, I like the whole base game better. Yeah. Uh, I like the co-op version of that a lot. It's not nearly as good as the base game, but it's still a really good co-op for me and one of my top ones. And the trade and intrigue is one that I would never play without. So it adds one, basically where you cull and discard your workers at the town hall, I think it's called. It adds an intrigue one, which you would hate. That's a bunch of interaction. And it does, you're doing a lot of ratty things to other people. Okay. And most people just say, why for this this game and this style of game, it just doesn't fit with Orleans, that kind of thing. All this ratty stuff you're doing to each other. So I've Like never, what, kind of, what kind of ratty stuff, though? I never actually really looked real closely into it. Oh, okay. It. it might be like... I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But... Uh, so it adds a different board, though, that the benefits you get are just way better than the base game board. So it incentivizes people to go there more. So it's more, it fills up a lot faster and makes it more exciting because the rewards are better. And then the when the certain things at the uh, town hall fill up, you get a reward too. And those are even better than the base game ones. Might give you different citizens, different things. And okay. the trade, I really like. Because you're going out, and if you have a town hall, or you're in a city, a specific city, and you have a certain amount of goods, you can trade in those goods to get this order card, and it just gives you more points than what those goods will give you at the end of the game. So it adds another thing to the map where, oh, I might want to get to the city, not because I got a guild, want to get a guild hall there, but I want to trade in these goods and get an extra 10 bonus points at the end of the game. So it's one I wouldn't play without. And that is Orleans Trade and Intrigue, and then I also really like the Invasion expansion. I don't know if I've played Trade and Intrigue. You have. It's just, I think it's one of those that you just... It just melds into it it so well. Yeah, it really fits right into the game so well that... And that is also my number three, Orleans Invasion. And, and trade and intrigue then it it really fits so well in the game. yeah so if, if I didn't even notice it yeah I'd, I'd plug it in there too but um, I do prefer the base game the competitive game of Orleans mm-hmm. but I do also really enjoy the cooperative game and it's it's kind of um, it's well not kind of it's very impressive what the designers of this game and the expansion did to take a competitive game like that and actually create it into a cooperative game so well and make it work. It just, it's very impressive. And that is why it's my number three. And that's Orleone Invasion. Yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, I agree with you uh, with the co-op. Where I think everyone likes a competitive game better, but it's a really solid and good co-op and it's a lot different because it's like a euro co-op as opposed to a lot of the other ones yeah. that are out there yeah so my number two is a very small expansion and a lot of people don't even realize it's an expansion and i would never play without it and that is power up for king of tokyo 
Yeah, that is also my number two. Yeah, who doesn't want to get roll those three hearts and get those power up cards? Honestly, yeah, because even when you're in Tokyo, it a lot because you can't heal in Tokyo, but a yep. lot of times it'll give you incentive to roll. So your first roll, oh, I got two hearts. Might want to get uh, that third one. I might keep them. I can't heal, but it's kind of it adds a little more, a yeah. little more to it. Who doesn't like? Because it makes your character unique, where you're getting different power ups yeah. and you have a little special thing that no one else has. It's yeah. just. Just great. Makes, you, right into makes you feel like Cyber Bunny. Exactly. Yep. I really get into the theme then. I feel like a giant mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's mine and Tim's number two. I have a feeling we have the same number one. So my number one, uh, our number two was uh, King of Tokyo Power Up. Yes. And I think we might have the same number one. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. That okay. is Riticulture. Um for me it's Tuscany it might be Tuscany essential expansion or whatever they call it yeah. but the Tuscany expansion for yep. culture yep. so the main thing so mine comes I have the original one where it came with all the stuff I haven't even played with half of it I played with the board which that's the one part that I I would always play with I would not want to play the game without the new board the new board makes the game a lot deeper and heavier, more strategic. Also, I have the buildings where the orange cards and then the little area control part on the map. I haven't even played with the workers. I totally forgot that I had those. Those sound really <laughs> cool. The little specialized workers yeah. or whatever. You switch up which ones are in each game. But the board is the main thing with that where that adds so much for me for that game where each season there's a number of different actions that you can take yeah and it adds another season to the board as well and it also adds a little area control portion to it which it's not a big part of the game but it's it's there Yeah, it's it's okay for me it's fine it gives you a little bonus right away yeah when you first play a little more in-game scoring Mm -hmm. It, it feels a little bit tacked on or just not with the style of viticulture, it's kind of weird, but it's fine. It yeah. fits fine. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And you know, for me, we first when we first started playing viticulture, we played just base yep. viticulture, and then you had purchased the Tuscany. So we had played that for a while, and then we played with my wife, and we ended up getting a copy of viticulture essential edition so it didn't have the tuscany board we played it a few times so yeah i really like the base game of viticulture but it just showed how much i liked tuscany to actually go out and get it so to where it added the extra board and the specialized meeples that you are the specialized workers that you can get throughout the game so yeah it's just it's really good yeah for me i liked base viticulture when i played it now though i the tuscany board adds so much for me there's so many more actions there's so much more strategy yeah it adds those buildings too that you can yeah that you can those build are on nice. yep it's just that each season has a bunch of different instead of it adds a lot more meat to the game that yeah i really enjoy i i could almost say that as much as i like viticulture base viticulture i could see almost getting stale definitely i and would agree with that with tuscany the things that it adds it gives it 
so much more life. Yeah. And it gives you so many more strategies to go for and more options mm-hmm. that it just, for me, it was a no-brainer. When we said we were going to do a top 10 expansion list, my one and two, it was like, yep, it's Viticulture Tuscany and Power Ups. Yeah, that was my top three. I was pretty sure it was those three, and then I was figuring Tuscany would be number one just because of that board just is everything for yeah. me. And I, I agree with you there where base Viticulture could definitely get stale and boring and re- old for me, but with a new board, I don't think that'll ever happen. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And they have a number of smaller expansions. They give you more visitor cards. Yeah, I got right? one of them. The first uh, More Visitors, I think it's called. And now there's another one, which is actually a complete replacement deck of visitors, I believe. Oh, really? Because a lot okay. of people, I, I believe, I'm not exactly sure, were complaining that you can win a lot of times by just doing uh, the visitor cards for points. Okay. Type of thing. So, it, but I. I like that because that just gives you a different strat or avenue to explore to win the game yep so yeah uh that's uh, i think that's a dual win for our top three was orleans yeah it was no it was my three that's kind of weird it didn't surprise me though. no it wasn't it really didn't the the same order though was a little shocking but but yeah yeah so that's our uh that's our number one viticulture and uh tuscany or uh, Central Tuscany or whatever it's yeah. called. It's really confusing for people. What people get upset, what you call it by its <laughs> rightful name. So, what do you think Aaron's top expansion is? I don't think he knows half the expansions that he's played because a lot of times we just like for me. A lot of times I'll add stuff in and I might make a side comment and say, "Oh, this yeah. is some expansion stuff," but it's. You don't know half the time what I'm throwing in there. I just kind of hit you guys with stuff and don't say anything. <laughs> I don't know what his... It's probably number one is Call to Adventure, Call to Adventure expansion. Um, Name of the King or whatever <laughs> Name it's of the called. King. <laughs> I don't know. What is it called? Name of the Wind expansion. Yeah. King Killer Chronicles or whatever. And I think his number two would probably be uh, Acquisitions Incorporated for Clank Legacy or whatever it is. Really don't know, but that's just... Yeah. I know he's excited for that one. I think that's actually going to be for sale at Origins. Okay, so some honorable mentions that I have. Um, Cyclades Titans. Oh, yeah. I want to play with that a couple more times. There's a lot of them I could have named. Yeah. But I really like that one. It made it a lot easier to move and attack in that game. Um, You can also play Team Game. Which I don't think we've ever had a full six. Um, Dinosaur Island, totally liquid. I only played with that once, so that might actually hit this list. It kind of—it's been a while since I played with it. I know I really liked it, but it added your own starting corporation, which has a special ability or power that you have. Um, it gives you more workers. You have like your specific scientist, and he can be—he can act as a scientist or he can act as a worker. Okay. And there's other things it adds too. I can't remember. Really enjoyed that. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was Terraforming Mars Prelude. Tiny expansion, but I'd always want to play with that. It just speeds up your engine, makes Terraforming Mars play a little faster. Yeah, because it gives you actual starting resources, right? Depending on your corporation. Well, you pick your corporation and you pick your Prelude cards, which basically okay, just okay, okay. 
you're starting production or just different things. It just starts up your your engine going earlier. Yeah. Okay. So what do you got for some honorable mentions? Uh, I have a few honorable mentions. So one of them uh, we had kind of touched on before we started the list. Uh, and that was Lords of Waterdeep, uh, Scoundrels of Skullport. The only reason why I didn't make my list, you know, we talked about it before that this game is kind of slip for us. But if I was to play this game again, I would always play with that expansion. Uh, one of them, we haven't touched much on the campaign of the expansion, but I liked some of the... I think it added more cards to our marines that we can pick, and then also it added a big um, like mech suit almost, and that was... Level 7, Omega Protocol, Extreme... Prejudice. Yes, that was it. Um, and that one, it didn't make my list just because I didn't play it nearly enough. We haven't and, even gone through the actual campaign part right, of it, but right. I, I love that new we, mech. We almost had. always pick the mech, yeah. so we do dabble in the expansion a little bit, but just not nearly enough to yeah. you know, justify it. And that, God, that's another game we got to play more of. I've, yeah, I've almost I almost pick it like all the time, but it's it's a long game, it's a long setup, but every time I play it I'm like, man, that that felt good. It's yeah, it's so much it's, fun. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. I love playing it as the overseer and the marines. Mm-hmm. The uh the last one that I'll mention and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it and I just want to say it just to see you squirm. That's the Thunder Alley track expansions. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's a game, despite what Ryan and Aaron say, it's a game that I love. And all it does, it adds five more tracks. Ugh. That's five too many. <laughs> yep. So anyways, another honorable mention I wanted to throw out there was uh, Rise of Fenris for Scythe. Um, oh, yeah. We barely got into it, and we didn't get into the best stuff. So it's impossible for us to play campaign legacy games. For the most part, so I'll probably just at some point read through it all, see what it adds, all the modules it adds to the base game. So mm-hmm. I got one more that I have and I want to try, just haven't, and that's the Traveler for Altiplano. I see, and you want to play. Yes. Not your honorable mention. Yeah, and that's why yeah, I okay. waited to say it. So a couple of my want to play ones would be the rest of the King's Golem for Alchemist. I want to play that. A yep. um, couple others. Fractures of Time for Anachrony. I didn't back it because it didn't, I didn't know that I'd like it or not, but I definitely want to check it out when it actually releases and there's some reviews. And then Trickerion, the Dalgard's Academy, that comes out later this summer, I think, or fall. I want to, so I'm not sure if I'll like that either, but it's something I would like to try out. Uh, the main one, though, is... All the stuff for King's Golem for Alchemist. I'm sure there's a million other expansions I'd like to try too. And it's one of those things that I never really know on these expansions a lot of times how much I like them or if I like them. So do you got anything more expansion, Tim? Or else uh, does that wrap up our episode for this week? Yeah, I don't think I can expand on anything else. Not that I can think of. Okay. So, dual winners, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at duelwindgames at gmail.com join our board game geek guild 
at boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. Join us next time when we go over our Origins preview. Cannot wait for that. I've been jonesing for quite a while. I know. And I think this is this is our third Origins, if I remember correctly. Yep. So be sure to let us know if you're going to be there. 